Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm Shano. I'm the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means? It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League. Well, welcome aboard, everyone, and also want to say welcome aboard to Shano and the Chameleon. Um, yeah. finals, finals week one, finals. fellas. It's here. Um, finals. Excited. Yeah, we've got our, got our top very eight teams. Excited. It's so exciting. We're all very excited. Um, and really, this is the time of year that we, we hang out for. It's... Uh, that's really what gets everyone revved up, isn't it? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. September football. Yep. And it's just so good to see. Like, you know, we talked last week about, you know, I think I think we I think I think at some time during during last week's podcast, we almost talked ourselves into putting a line through um the Titans. And um the Stephen, I love there's a I think it might not I think it might be I don't know. It's one of the one of the agencies. I think they put a meme where it had the where it had the Canberra Raider. It had Stephen Bradbury was uh, was the Titans, and the yeah. other two and the yeah. other two were were, were were the Sharks and the and, and Canberra. But I, I gotta say, it's funny in that game. One team, yeah. If you took those three teams, it really one team played like they wanted to play finals football. So. But wow, finals! It's it's another competition. I don't care what anyone says. Um, you know, it's another competition, and and yeah, we're going to talk about the game. So I'm not going to get into that. I'm just excited because uh, it's finals. It's football. Um, it's 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 when the cream rises to the top. And and as rugby league purists that we are, we love watching great football. We're going to see it now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is. Uh... It's probably the most exciting weekend of, of the NRL where you've got the four finals games on. Um, you know, it's sort of disappointing. We don't, don't get to see eight games this weekend. We won't till March next year. But um, you've got the top eight teams. Um, there's one clash particularly that I think is, 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 is probably the clash of the year. Um, with the storm coming up against the sea, wow. yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, we'll, it's exciting. I can't. Oh. I wish we do wish, report, you know, doing our report card, manly. Like, yeah, and just yeah. want to say congratulations to Graham for winning the top eight. Pick the top eight for the year. Whole surprise. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think well, manly, manly's won it for me. I'd say you're the I only person to put manly in there, and wow, yeah. like. I, I, I know a lot's been made of, um, and we'll, no, we'll talk about this when we talk about Manly. Yeah. A lot's been made of, of Turbo, but I've got to say DCE and, um, and Kieran Foran, and especially in the second half this year, are notable mentions. They have yeah. just got the team moving around and the space that they're creating. Um, you know, Ruben Garrick has just shot up like that, that, 110 meter try like 
I know Turbo was on yeah. the end of it, and Turbo's a great mm. guy. I would love Ruben Garrick to be the guy on the end of that pass. Uh, the kick, sorry, I think it was. Um, it, it just... It, it just they're just humming like it's just it's you know the team we love to hate we actually don't mind watching play this kind of football so it's good Shane I don't think they are the team we love to hate anymore I think they used to be no. but I think I think that's changed over the years I mean for, well for, it has you're right yeah right so the roosters featured there yeah. for a while probably still do with you boys Mm. Uh, you know, you know what? I, I agree. Well, but the, yes. the team—I've I, got to be honest with you—the team I always, I, when growing up, it was St George. Like the South St George thing was, was what used to like was big when I was a kid. Uh, Canterbury, South Canterbury—I think that was sort of another uh, big, big rivalry coming out of the um, late, late, late sixties, early seventies. The the. The Roosters thing wasn't until we got kicked out. I know a lot of people go, nah, nah, it's been back. No. Nah. When we got kicked out and 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 everyone else was saying, was helping us and mate, Newcastle was saying, oh, we'll start a breakaway competition and South Sydney are part of it. And, and, and the Roosters just went, nah, we're not giving you anything. And we're taking Craig Wing. And you're not getting him back. I think a That's lot of where that, the but things... I, you have, I was going to say, like, you know, yeah, there you have those team rivalries. But we, we, we've sort of seen it over the years, as you said, with Manly, just to go back to that point. You know, but you know, it was Brent, almost like everyone in the league. It wasn't a, it wasn't nah, a specific yeah, rivalry. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, I, and I, I'll tell you what I think takes the sting. Man. I'll tell you what I think takes the sting out of that a little bit. And I think shifts it from club to club when you have the team that everyone loves to hate is success. Everyone hates the team that's successful often. And I think over the past few years where Manly... I mean, yeah, they've had a lot of success, but there have been, in recent times, there have been a bit of a struggle. And we're actually seeing all of a sudden the story for Manly has almost been the underdog that everyone's been riding off coming through, and they're a premiership contender. You know, you know what the other thing with Manly, Gray, I think, is that Manly, you never went for Manly. Like, remember when they played Newcastle in the in 97? Like, yeah, like, no, everyone. I, I, I've, I've cheered pretty hard my team home, mate. When Darren Albert scored that try, I hit the roof, mate. I was that, I was that excited. The thing is, all of a sudden, the biggest rivalry in rugby league was Manly versus the Storm, and you're like, I can't go for the Storm. I just can't bring myself to do it. I reckon they've become so the team to hate. So I'm going to, I'm going for Manly, work, and all of a sudden. Yep. They're not they're not the silver tails that they once were. When you talk about silver tails and fibros, um, you know, I think I think the dynamic of them have changed. So yeah, the team team everyone loves to hate. You, I think you're right, Griff. I think how you're can right. anyone hate the Turbo Brothers? No, you can't. You can't no. hate those. You love those no. guys. And no. look, DCE, a... DCE. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we almost had it. We almost had everyone convinced there for a second, Shane. But I'll tell you what, they've been in great form. And really, the last round of the competition, a, a lot of teams that are featuring the finals were the ones that um, that showed form. There were actually some clubs though that uh, aren't taking great form into the finals, and we'll talk about those. Uh, clubs in a moment but it all started last week this was the final round of the the season uh the raiders who were still playing for a spot in the top eight um they unfortunately for them went down 40 points to 16 
against the Roosters in Mackay. It was a really disappointing um, end to the year for the Raiders fans. Uh, really, what was a disappointing season, and we'll talk about that in the report card soon, given that this is a team that has featured prominently in finals footy in recent years. They won't be there this year. Moving to Friday, we saw the Melbourne Storm. Uh, they pretty much sealed the uh, the minor premiership with this uh, this win. I know technically people were saying they had to wait till the Panthers game, but the Panthers didn't win by a couple of hundred points. So the 28-16 to 16 win over the Sharks uh, up on the Gold Coast gave them the minor premiership. And the Sharks, they had a really tough ask, as we've talked about in recent weeks, given the draw uh, to try and knock off the Storm to make the finals. They were unsuccessful in doing so. Uh, the second game on Friday, um, the Penrith Panthers, yet again, great form uh, going into the finals. 40 points to 6 over the Eels. Uh, this was another game where the Eels rested a lot of players and uh, we saw them fade away, so to speak, towards the end of the game. Um, the Saturday game, we saw the Brisbane Broncos finish on a high they won 35 points to 22 over the Knights uh, at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. The Knights were that team I was alluding to, and um, I think a bit of the talking point today, fellas, might be about the fact that they're taking uh, a loss against a lower-ranked team into the final series. The Seagulls, as we said, uh, they're flying high, 46 points to 18 over the Cowboys. It was a great way for them to uh, finish the year, and... Um, officially finished in that top four and set up a mouth-watering clash with uh, Melbourne on Friday night. Uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, uh, 20 points to 16 over the Dragons. They held off a late-finishing Dragons team on the Sunshine Coast, uh, obviously with a lot of players out, a lot of players rested. Um, they were able to get that job done after a late surge at the end. The Titans on Sunday up at uh, the Gold Coast hosted the Warriors, now, the equation basically was an 11-point or more win would seal a top eight spot for them. Well, they covered the spread by quite a bit. 44 to nil, the Gold Coast Titans defeated uh, the Warriors in um, what could be, um, I suppose, described as a disappointing end to a disappointing year for the Warriors. And speaking of disappointing, we saw the last games for both the Tigers and the Bulldogs in the 2021 Premiership. Um, this game, I did not tip the result here. Um, 38 points to nil. The Bulldogs were convincing against the Tigers, which um, really, it's it's going to spell... Uh, look, the rumours are already circulating in regards to coaching staff at the Tigers. What's got to change there? because they're another team that's had a disappointing year. To consolidate all of that and to give you the final ladder, before we talk about each of your teams in depth a little later on, um, the Storm Minor Premiers on 44. They had a points differential of 499. The Panthers also finished on 44 with a points differential of 390. Those two teams, that's an absolutely outstanding effort, massive effort to go through. A, um, a full season with only three losses is phenomenal. In third position, we saw the Rabbitohs. They finished on 42 points. They also ended up with a healthy uh, for and against of 322. Uh, the fourth place team, Manly Seagulls. Um, when we think back to some of the comments we were making in round four, it seemed unbelievable that they could make the top, 
you know, the top eight, let alone the top four. They finished on 34 points. It's worth noting that the Roosters in fifth also finished on 34 points. Uh, however, the uh, far superior points differential for the Seagulls got them in the top four. Uh, the Parramatta Eels, they finished in sixth place on 32 points. The Knights finished in seventh on 26 points with a 12 and 12 record. And the Gold Coast Titans, um, they finished in eighth place with 22 points. For those wondering, their record was 10 wins and 14 losses. Uh, also on 22 were the Sharks and Raiders. They got hit by that for and against. The Dragons finished 11th uh, on 18 points. Um, they still didn't find a win after their uh, barbecue at uh, Paul Vaughan's place. Uh, 18 points also for the Warriors and Tigers in 12th and 13th. The Broncos and Cowboys ended up finishing uh, on 16 points each. So the Cowboys actually slipped down based on for and against after the... Um, the Broncos win the other day, so they'll finish 15th. The Cowboys with the Bulldogs on 8 points in 16th position. I suppose the competition now, guys, we basically, that line that we've looked at um, after 8th spot, it's, it's, it's in ink now. We focus on the top 8 exclusively. The main talking point about the ladder over the past few weeks has been that race between the Titans, Sharks, and Raiders. Shane, you touched on it a little bit before. It was almost like the Titans came through late with a bit of a Stephen Bradbury yep. uh, to yep. snag eighth spot. Um, but I also want to get I want to get some comments from both of you guys just very briefly about this top eight. We know that it's um, it's got some real uh, strong teams in it. A lot of people are look. I've heard a lot of media outlets this week just saying, "Look, this week's were this week's footy gives us a bit of an indication, but it's just um it's just a formality before the Knights and the Titans get get the boot out of the competition." Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to argue that, but if you're a Titans fan coming off that big win, you've come through an eighth spot. What are some of the the things you take into the finals? Well, you take the fact that you you, you really showed up. Um, you know, I think I said it, we said last week in the podcast, we sort of talked about who's in the box seat to get that eighth spot. And it was, it was the only thing the Titans had going for them is they had some for and against. They had a good for and against. They had to win. And the others win, it's over. Um, they, they really shot into the eight uh, last week with that win. Um, you're only as good as your last game sometimes. And for the Titans... You know, their, their record's been horrendous. Um, but for an eight, for, for a top eight team, but, but, you know, to do what they did on the weekend and and, and, and then um, to do what they did on weekend, they then have to back it up this week in a final setting. Um, when I talk about the, the Knights, yeah, the Knights, the Knights are a team where... Oh, you, you, can, you can take their highlights or lowlights... It really depends on whether Caelan Ponga decides to inject himself in the game or not and, and what can happen from there. Um, I thought, you know, do they make up the numbers? I would never say, i tell you now. You hit the reset button, it's a new comp. I will never, ever say <laughs> that a team in the top eight is making up the numbers. Hit the reset button, it is a new comp. Would I be picking him this week? No, I don't think I would be. 
but the, at the end of the day, if they win, they prove you wrong. Um, yeah. I, I just think I just think when I look at the the Titans, the Titans put a number on on the Warriors who the Warriors imploded on the weekend. They were, they were awful. Um, yeah. And and and, and, the, and even individually uh, towards the end there, some of the actions of individuals were just stupid and ridiculous. Um, the, the the Knights. The Knights play good football in patches. Uh, they're a 60-minute side. You know, they, they just hope that the team they're playing that day is a 59-minute side and they might win. Um, I just look at the two sides they're going to play, and they're, you know, they they've got they've got they've got mm. more class in the side. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the the games ahead. Yeah. It is a new competition, but look. You know, I think I think a lot of people would say, okay, top six. Um, well, it's interesting my, you say that. I suppose my argument to that would yeah. be you wouldn't have had the spectacle of watching yeah. the, the Titans yeah, do exactly what they did. Right. So, yes. you know, I, look, the proof's in the pudding. Yep. Uh, look, I'll tell you now, how many years do we often say, uh, you know, how many years has the top four finished, you know, the top four being the, the, the game for the grand final? You know, the teams from the top four. Yeah. Does that mean you just go to the top four? No, it doesn't. But but I think that we've got to understand that that now we have a we have a top eight competition where the Titans might have thrown a bit of spice into it. Um what they can do this week, you know, they could go out the back door by 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 fifty themselves this week. So it's it's a new competition. I like this top eight. I like I do like the format of the top eight, but yeah, it, if it wasn't top eight, you wouldn't have had the spectacle on Sunday that you had watching that game. And you now, sadly, it was after 15 minutes they were 12 points up. Yeah. But yeah, but that's you know this is the way it is, and and quite often we find that teams seventh and eighth are, are, are really good informed teams that we've had in the past, or quite often they're the teams on the outer. I think it is what it is. Um, six. Uh, Fifth and sixth have to play someone, so it's not a bad system. If if you're finishing fifth and sixth, and you need to get you need to snatch a win against seventh and eighth, well, that's what we do in this competition. Yep, and it, and really to be to be looking at the top eight, I think you made a good point there that there were a lot of live games. By live, I mean they weren't dead rubbers on the weekend, and and basically all the way till Sunday, um, the games had an impact on the top eight. I'll just get your thoughts, Griffo, before we move on. Just um, a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. I mean, obviously, Shane's talked about those bottom two teams. We know that this year we've only got the top six who have more wins than losses. But in looking across the entire competition, um, would you agree that we've got the best eight teams in the competition playing this week? I know the ladder says that, but overall, I think, you know, we could argue that these are the best eight teams in the comp. Graham, I think we've got four teams that have got a chance and we've got four teams that are making up the, the numbers in the top eight. That's not a disrespect to the Roosters because the fact that they've achieved fifth position with the with the problems they've had this year, I got so much respect for that club. Um, 
before the show, we had a bit of a chat about, you know, clubs, you know, we don't really like and whatnot. Um, and there was a time when it was for me, the Roosters. Um, but I just respect that club so much um, for what they've achieved in the last decade or particularly the last five or six years, but also what they've done this year. Uh, to be able to come fifth with pretty much half your salary cap sitting on the sideline is an outstanding achievement. I don't think there are any chance of winning the comp. Uh, Parramatta, they've had a good year, but I don't think there are any chance of winning the comp. Knights, Titans, uh, Shane gave a title to most of the teams in the NRL this year, and I think it was called Junk. And I think, I don't think they've gotten out of that, that categorization yet. They might do that by winning this week, but there are four elite teams. There are four teams that make up the bottom half of the eight. And I think uh, what we'll see come two weeks' time is those four teams, the Storm, Panthers, Rabbitohs, Sea Eagles, will be there in the preliminary final. Um, there are teams in the bottom half of the eight, and I think the one who stands out is the Raiders, who we all thought were going to challenge for the top four this year. They've been a bitter disappointment. Um, but there are some teams that that are just not up to the standard of an NRL. Uh, they're all dealing with the same salary cap. Um, but there's there's the haves and the have-nots. And we used to see that before there was a salary cap. That's why they brought the salary cap. It, one of the reasons. The other reason was to stop clubs going broke. But uh, it's uh, there's a first division, which is I'll, I'll put the roosters in it and say the top five teams are first division. There's a second division, which I would say is from the Eels through to the Raiders, and then there is third division, um, Dragons through to Bulldogs, and that's how I see it. And if I've offended anyone, I'm sorry. But that's just how I see it. It's an only. No, I agree, Griff. I, I think that's actually really good. That's a really. I'd never thought of it like that. That's actually a really good way of putting it. Is when you look at that kind of thing, and when you look at the tiers of where teams are at. You know, there was once upon a time where certain teams were in certain tiers, and and you you know, if you want to be a part of it, you've got to you've got to keep performing year on year. And I I, I really like what you just said. I think that's a really that's a really good way of putting it. And, and it almost feels like it's a ladder then. You've almost got to build yourself to get to the next tier and the next tier in order to succeed. And I, I think that's, I think you've just hit the nail on the head. Can I just ask just, just briefly, this will be the last point on the ladder before we head over to Shane for his tidbits. Um, just, just listening to you guys talk about the top eight and the, the possibility of the, the teams that are still left. I'm, I'm going to ask a question on behalf of, you know, I, I could just imagine the Parramatta fans listening to this thinking, well, hang on, guys, like a couple of weeks ago, I know they had a rough, they had some poor form heading into it, 
and they rested a lot of players last week. The argument from Parramatta fans might be, hey, we, we knocked off Melbourne, uh, you know, only a fortnight ago. On their day, should Parramatta fans, um, you know, have, have an argument that they could well go deep into this competition? And I want to preface that with a second part, like almost like a question, you know, part B. If you're doing the odds for the Premiership, are Parramatta a better chance than the Sydney Roosters at this stage? Well, according to sports bet, they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I, I saw that, and that's why I thought I'd ask, because yeah. I thought it's interesting, Look, because Parramatta, I think they're looking a lot into that win over the storm. If they want to be a first division team, they've got to start winning games in the semifinals. I don't expect them to make the grand final. But if they no. could get through to the prelim final, then yes, I'm elevating them to first division status. Yeah. So the ball's in their mm. court, really. And to give They've... people an insight, I know I'm taking a bit of sting out of my original question. Like We know they play Newcastle this week. I think a lot of people will fancy them in that game. Um, their reward for beating Newcastle this week will be the loser of South Penrith. So, yeah, and I think that's when they leave the competition. Yeah. Gone. Yeah, and that's fair enough. But also, too, look, for Parramatta fans, um, look, keep the hype going because a good showing this week will take a lot of confidence into that. Um, if they win this week and they, they get a good win, that match against either the Panthers or the Rabbitohs the week after, you'd, you'd have a lot of confidence, I think, that, that win against the Storm gave the fans yeah. a lot of confidence. Can, can I can I just add something to that, Gray? And what frustrates me with this is is that, you know, like there are, you know, people say, oh, you're only as good as your last win or, or your last performance. And I'm thinking at, that at this time of the year, yeah, you're 100% correct. When you play football for 25 rounds, you build and you – and you slay the foundation, and you set the foundation to get as high up that ladder as you can. Why I like Griff's, what Griff said is because when I look at what's happening, is that they, 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 you know, they, they were light years, in essence, away from the top three sides. And I think, I think when I talk about Parramatta, you know, people go, oh, we can talk about their latest successes. I can bring up a lot of rubbish performances in, in not too far, not too, uh, you know, in games that weren't too far away mm. where people are going, oh, but they beat the Storm. Yeah, granted, they beat the Storm. My argument, if I was a Storm fan, was, well, every win's close to your next loss. Congratulations, you got ours. The, the I, Storm I had a lot to play for that night. They were going for this, a record. Yeah. I wouldn't downplay that. Look, I, 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 I reckon a full strength that, I reckon... team in though, did they? Yeah, there are I clubs just, playing this week without a full strength team. I, there could be I clubs just, playing grand final without a full great, strength team. I just look at Parramatta, and when people tell me, "Oh, they're as good as their last game," and and last week they showed a lot of ticker. Yeah, but what happened during the year when you played junk and you showed nothing? Yeah, I think I don't think we can. I don't think teams should take it lightly. The only team I will say, the only top three team that lost it, and I'm contradicting myself slightly, the only top three side that lost the game 
where you go, wow, you probably shouldn't have lost that was when Para beat Storm. Which time? But, but they're true. They beat him twice. But, geez, who's Para lost to where you went, Para, yeah. you should have belted that team. I what? Look, this week, I want to see Parramatta put them to the sword this week. I, I want to see Parramatta yeah. absolutely rip and tear. I think and and you know what? I hope they do. There's that possibility I, I there. Mind, I don't mind the old blue and gold. I hope they do. I think what, what I'm trying to sort of say out of that is I don't want to put the line through them and take them too lightly because, to be honest with you, fellas, uh, being Rabbitohs and Panthers fans, Oof. one of our clubs could very well be playing them next week. and We'll be playing the Knights, Graham. Could be playing the Knights, but, you know, hypothetically oh, speaking Griffo, here, you know what? I would you know not what, be Griff? taking it lightly. Griff, you know what? When I look at the Knights and I look at some of their um, the experience they have, that would be what I'll be, mate. You know what? I, I'm not. I'm not saying this because of our allegiance. I'm saying this because I'm a rugby league fan. There are games where coaches win the game, where coaches set a plan, the 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 players execute it, and they win. Take South Sydney last week. They had a game plan that was so far removed from what they normally play like. Bennett gave them a game plan. Bennett told them to play a certain way and they won. I think I want to see, I think Newcastle this week will come out with a game plan unlike we've seen before. They're going to look to their experience and look, we're going to talk about the game. But I agree with what you're saying, Griff, is that, you know, like there's there's so much, um, and isn't it funny, we're talking about do we need a top eight? How much airplay we're giving the bottom bottom four here? That's, I, and, I, I think, yeah. And I, you just, it's, I think the computations here are going to be quite interesting. Um, I think people are way, going too light on para. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I want to see this week. I want to see yeah. them. I want to see them absolutely. They put, need to. They have to. They have to. Yeah. Because last year they came up against the same game. And let's just say it is South Sydney. Um, they played South Sydney in the same game at home last year. Um, they were the top four. The roles were reversed. And um, South Sydney belted them. Yeah, they, they went out in straight sets. They were a top four yeah. team last year. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Straight sets, gone. Yeah. And, you know, there were a few circumstances around that. Obviously, the timing of the Michael Jennings uh, issue. There were players out. There's, there's all these things, and that's sort of the point I'm making is when we're saying, oh, they played these teams of players out. We've got the Storm this week without, you know, arguably their, one of their strike weapons. It's going to be a really exciting uh, final series. It's going to keep us talking. It's going to keep the fans engaged. It's going to keep everyone tuned in because I've talked to fans this week who don't even support the top eight teams, and they're excited to see what happens. There's a lot of anticipation around um, this year's final series. And to keep us up to date with everything that's going on within Rugby League, we're going to hit to Shano for his tidbits. What's going on, Yes, man? thank you, everyone. Well, first of all, I'm going to say, Graham, if I was to say the words James Maloney, what would you think? Well, prior to Paul Vaughan holding the barbecue, um, barbecuing is probably the first thing. Okay, so <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm having a, um, a joke here. Um, well, retired. 
Is he still playing footy? What's he doing? He is. Oh, is he still playing footy? He's playing for the Catalans Dragons. That's and right. And if you, if you, if you guys, yes, yeah, Super League. Now I like watching all forms of rugby league. If you, if if you're like me, you would have seen something on the weekend that just took your breath away. Let me picture this: St Helens. So they're no slouch. St Helens are playing the Catalans Dragons. It is 30 points to 12 with five minutes left to go. The Catalans Dragons come from behind with, with an 80th minute try. Okay, so they've scored in the 80th minute. Who scored the try? We know this guy. He was a, he was a, he was a rugby league favourite here in Australia, Sam Cassiano. Yeah. James Maloney, and, 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 and I will say this, in actual fact, in the lead-up, to get them to 18 nil, I think he kicked the goal from the sideline. One of the goals from the sideline. Anyway, he gets he gets them. In five minutes, they get the 30 all golden point. And who sinks a field goal from 40 meters out? Of course. You guessed it. James Maloney. James, James Maloney. I tell you now, it was a cracking game. Like it, it was it, it was funny because at, at first when um uh, when when Catalan scored the first try, um, with uh, Tompkins scored the first try, yeah, I thought Catalan's going to run away with it, and all of a sudden, uh, the old the old Rev V St Helens comes through, and it's uh, you know thirty to twelve, and it look what a game! It, it that last few minutes, and James Maloney, he's kicking boots in goal kicking, and kicking to Sam Cassiano in field goal kicking. Uh, it was on. So, um, congratulations, Steve. You know, sometimes when people go to England, they're forgotten about. I'm telling you now, if you did not see this game, just Google it. It's, it's all over, English Rugby League. It's all over English Rugby League. You'll find it. Some of the, some of the um, yeah, it's, it's, just, just, it's just good to watch. And, you know, the guy like James Maloney, he, 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 he never dies wondering. And when he rolled the dice, um, in extra time, just he just cracked it from 40 out and it went over the black dot. Uh, it was a great kick. So, um, congratulations to the Catalans Dragons. It was a good good win if you haven't seen it. Look, guys, uh, to, to talk about some of the merry-go-round in regards to transfer, uh, Ryan James, uh, Moses Sully, and Ethan Bullymore, they're, they're all lined up uh, for to jump on the merry-go-round. The Broncos have released Bullymore a year early. Uh, he's expected to join the Seagulls, who will in turn release Suli, uh, who will go to St. George Illawarra. James remains in discussions with Brisbane. It looks like he, he um, wants to uh, get back to Queensland. Um, look, talks haven't seen an offer tabled yet, but it really does look like that that might be, um, that might be uh, on the cards. So... Um, That'd be interesting. Uh, a third, he's he's definitely he's definitely um, he's definitely getting on in his time. So um, when you look at when you look at that, um, it'd be interesting to see if that comes into into uh, fruition. Um, look, the dragons—they've been um, look—they've been disappointing this year. That I was trying to find another word. Disappointing will do. Um, it's clean for the kiddies. Um, 
it's look, it does come with the caveat of salary cap space to spend. Um, uh, with the you know, should Tarek Sims be released from his 22 contract, he's on 600,000 a year and a bit more, so he's been given permission to negotiate with rivals. Um, look, the West Tigers, uh, they're apparently monitoring uh, the situation. Um, yes, they are. <laughs> why not? Uh, you know. Um, so they're monitoring the situation. Um, it, it's it's understood that they um, that they've got a 1.5 million spare. So uh, what Tarek Sims was on 600 and a bit thousand. They should pay 1.2 for him if I know the Tigers. So um, look, you know, it's 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 a bit of a merry-go-round at the moment. Um, yeah, it's just the way it is. Uh, but I think the Tigers, you know, they're you know, they're looking to take that signature up. Um, interestingly, uh, guys, who was the Queensland coach this year? Paul Green. Paul Green. He was. Keyword and was. And is he going to be in 2022? No, they're part of ways. Um, in something, look, I want to say it's a carpool rugby league first. We actually talk, called this. Way back when, at the end of the game three, we actually called that um, Queensland weren't happy and they're looking to bin him and it looks like they're parted ways. So, um, yeah, that's that's something that has um, – that's something that, yeah, that, that's going to finish. So uh, the process continues for a Queensland coach. Um, I – yeah, yeah. Um, from what we understand, what his future lies, we're not 100% sure yet, but it was a mutual decision. So that's interesting. We'll, we'll wait and hear about that. And, guys, I think a lot of my t- next tidbits will probably be um, come up in our in talking about teams and talking about games. But um, can I just finish uh, in, in, with, with one thing? Um, during the year, I was criticised for blowing up about how Adam Reynolds um, – and the whole situation, um, basically saying that, you know, pipe to pipe down that Adam Reynolds needs to stay at South Sydney. Um, on the weekend, we saw Ilias Mamazoulos and Taft um, 1, 7 and 9 play exceptional football, um, considering they haven't played a lot this year uh, for that club. Uh, I'll give you a news flash, guys. Two of those players wouldn't have played at South Sydney uh, next year, even though Adam Reynolds was tabled to one-year deal. It did allow them to make um, further um, further advancements into shoring up their signatures. So uh, when looking at uh, the big picture that is rugby league, and and Griffo goes for the team who does it the best, I think, in Penrith. Um, you've got to you've got to shore up the future, and and, and that's what happened. And um, you know, looking at that, there's definitely a good uh, a good um, a good uh, thing. And uh, news in from Graham. I'm going to give him the kudos this one. Uh, the Brisbane uh, Grand Final looks to be official. So. Um, Grand final in Brisbane. Um, so when you look at their COVID numbers, it's probably a no-brainer. It's not a surprise, so, but it's a formality. It's not a surprise, but um, it, it is in it is in Brisbane, as are all the finals games. Uh, interestingly, 
Um, I don't know. Do, do you count Melbourne as a Brisbane team still? I'm not too sure. But um, <laughs> but uh, well, interestingly, uh, no. Adol Carr, Finucan, Pop. That's true. That's yeah. true. Remember, remember a while back, they were like the second. Anyway. Um, oh, when they had Smith, true. Slater, I, Cronk. I, I, I think... I think um, I think it's fair to say that uh, the only team that's going to have a remote um, chance of having any type of game played near where they play would be the Gold Coast, and that's probably not going to happen. So that's my tidbits, guys. Talk more during the um, talk more during the lead up to the games. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely heaps going on, and. Um... I want to thank Shana as always for keeping his ear to the ground. Um, the the next thing we might throw to we might give Griffo a, a turn. There's been I'll tell you what, mate. There's been a, a lot of things that could have grabbed your eye this week. A lot of good things going on in rugby league. So uh, I'll be very interested to hear what you got for Griffo's grab. Griffo's grab. I'm starting my Griffo's grab for the first time ever with an apology. I want to apologise to Adam Kieran from the Sydney Roosters. <laughs> I was going to say, who'd you? I was going to say, who'd you grab? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, grab. It's lockdown. I got no lockdown. When the I'll look um, out when the pubs are popping in there. Oh, geez, here we go. No, I want to apologise to Adam Kieran because I had him, uh, I had him in locked in for the grab after his wonderful performance for the Sydney Roosters. Um, I think it was Thursday night. Yeah. In particular, um, when he collided with the goalpost and was injured mm. and still managed uh, to turn himself around and get the ball down, though he was in a lot of pain, he had defenders on him. I think he scored three tries. I had him, I had him locked in, Adam Kieran, for the Griffiths grab. But then, unfortunately... There was a guy from the Manly Warringah Seals who just smashed Very the cool. lock open. That I've got the grab this week. His name is Tommy Turbo Trebojevic. Surprise. Now, <laughs> um, Tommy Turbo Trebojevic scored what I would say is one of the all-time greatest solo tries. Yeah. Um, yeah. where he got the ball. I think he beat nine Cowboys, including I think he beat the balloon. He burst the balloon about three times. Poor old the balloon. Um, that was unbelievable. The try that he scored. He got up, and now Tommy Turbo is the humblest uh, guy you'll, you'll ever see in the NRL. He got up smiling because he knew he'd done something absolutely special in that try. Um, so unfortunately to Adam Kieran, while in any other week he would have got Griffo's grab, Turbo, he broke the lock open, he smashed it open with that try. But I'll give you some stats. Three tries. 302 run meters, six line breaks, two try assists, one line break assists, two offloads, and 19 tackle breaks. 
I don't know if that's an NRL record. 19 tackle that's breaks phenomenal. in one game. Now, next week or the week after, we're going to do our Carpool Rugby League Awards. They're, they're just below the Dally M's in terms of prestige. We have no, uh, there's no financial, um, nothing we can give the players other than the, the credit of, of being, I think it's going to be our first ever annual cup. Really was. I think I think you put the word prestige there. You, you know, financial gain is nothing compared yeah. to prestige. No, yeah. no. But anyway, look. So he's going to be uh, he's going to be a candidate. Um, the other thing in the same game that grabbed my eye and, and Turbo featured, but he wasn't the main feature. Was and I think Shane alluded to this earlier. The 110 meter try. The last play of the game, uh, whoever they were playing, the Cowboys kicked the ball through. Ruben picked the ball up. He thought he's just going to run it over the dead ball line. It was only a couple of seconds left, but no. He somehow manages to get out of the end goal. He does a semicircle. Goes downfield, beats a number of players, finds DCE who runs down. He beats a number of players. I think he put a kick inside, and it was you know who Tommy Turbo, who was there, picked the ball up, stepped inside Kyle Felt to score probably the try of the year. After he did, he'd scored himself the individual try of the year. That was amazing from the Sea Eagles. Um, that last five to ten minutes in what was before that a reasonably close game the cowboys had done well for for probably 70 minutes and kept it nice and close and they actually played some good rugby league but well the hammer like the funny thing was up like you talk about Trubovic the hammers try was you yeah know, he just lightning yeah what uh, look we really need to see um, the um, the 100 meter dash for the fastest man in rugby league. Put a ball on, just put Steeden under their arm. Yeah, and line school. them up. The top yep. eight fastest. You know, even maybe give them, give them a, you know, a, like um, the heats, the set, like they do at the Olympics, heats, semi-finals, final. Uh, I, I, I'd love to see it. Because we've got some absolute speedsters. Didn't they um, do that one night through the uh, through the they, mall at Brookvale at, at Manly there at Warringah there? Well, <laughs> well, I might address that one. Show, they did. Like, they did. You bring up a good point, Gray. Like, we don't want anyone hurt. Now you bring up a good point there. <laughs> he's played now football where he's had to stride out. He's had to use the strength. Any issue that people say is there, it, it definitely... It's fifth, and that's and that's what you you know. If you're a manly, fan, if you're a fan of rugby league, you know you you're watching you're watching something good. Tom Tavoyevich, best player in the world. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Correct. At this yeah. moment, it'd be hard to argue that anyone's better than him. It, it, you, I don't know how you would argue that. He is. He's is phenomenal. Absolutely. But anyway, phenomenal. so he's grabbed my eye not for the first time. No. I, I remember maybe. Yeah, cool. Not a decade ago, but something like that. Just under a decade ago, and 
and we heard about this guy playing in the, the Seagulls under 20s team. His name was Tom Trebojevic, brother of Jake Trebojevic. You know, racking up these 300 meter plus run, you know, run meters for the game, scoring tries from, you know, from his own goal line. And he was doing all that. They didn't win that year, the uh, Seagulls. They were beaten in the final of that competition by the, the Penrith Panthers, many of whom are now in first grade. Uh, and they played that final without Nathan Cleary, who was representing the Australian schoolboys. Um, but uh, Tommy Turbo has replicated what he did in the, in the under-20s, and he's doing that against the open-age men now. He's, uh, he's an absolute phenomenon and um, just unbelievable what, what he can do. Um, Manley's premiership credentials really largely rest on his shoulders um, and, and with his hamstring. Um, but anyway, that so he's uh, again he's he's my grab of the week. I'll tell you what I'll do, guys. Just for for the fans listening, I will share it because I think the the game you're talking about would have been the 2015. Yeah, I think that's right, Graham. Grand final between the Panthers and the Seagulls. I'm going to um, I'll, I'll pop up by the time this episode drops. I'll, I'll put it on our um, on our Facebook page. Just for fans to have a look at the lineups from those teams, because I know you're talking about Manly, but gee, there are some superstars, um, some future. If you've stars. got it there, Graham, just go through the two teams because there's so many NRL players. Well, I've okay, seen that list recently. So Penrith Panthers, uh, Naden was playing fullback, um, and they see in uh, on the wing, Robert Jennings and Felino were in the centres. Dylan Edwards was on the wing. The halves were Tyrone May and Jerome Luai. Uh, the just on that, Graham. That's only because Cleary, who's been out. halfback all year, yeah, where there was a lot of con- contention. Um, Gould wanted him to play in that game. Ivan Cleary, who wasn't at the Panthers at that time, said no. Um, we want him. We want him to play for the Australian schoolboys. So we missed that grand final uh, because of that. Yeah. Sorry. And just to, just to go through some of the other players that people would be familiar with uh, in the Penrith squad, uh, in the Ford pack, uh, Leota played prop. The back row of James Fisher, Harrison Corey, Harawira Naira with Reed Izzard at lock. Um, Kate Ellis was on the bench in this one. Uh, just to, you know, just skim through not to take too much time. The Manly side had Trebojevic uh, of the Tom variety at fullback. Other players that people will be familiar with but not necessarily uh, associate with the Manly Warringah side would be Jesse Ramian, who played in the centres for them that year. Uh, Liam Knight was a prop for Manly that year. Uh, they also had Luke Garner. Um, yeah, so, you know, without going through the, the, the whole team for both of them, there were some real stars of the future in that game, uh, including referee Adam G, who we see in a regular basis now. King G. Um, yep. Parent I didn't Ark. realize King G, King G was a referee. The one thing that you um that you won't see going forward that you would have seen in 2015 in the under 20s grand final would have been Henry Perinara in the video referee box. So uh, that's another Henry story and one P. that we covered video referee last week. But I'll um yeah just for people who want to have a close look at that and look into some of those players, yeah I'll, I'll throw that up on social media as well. 
for the fans to have a look at. But it just shows that, you know, the, the importance and of some of these players playing together at a young age and often these, these young superstars, we see them come through. And we're probably seeing it more with Panthers than a lot of other clubs. But, um, yeah, those, those combinations that... Um, Playing together at a young age and, and developing at a good club uh, is is paramount. So we're now seeing him go from yeah twenty fifteen under twenties to twenty twenty one best player in the world. Graham, if you if you sort of look at it, the same thing you can talk about when you look at Roosters Harold Matz back in the day, back when Latrell Mitchell was 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 firing through, um, you know, and um, play even go back further with Mitchell Pearce. You know, and even even if you want to go back to the late the late um, the late nineties, where where Manly were coming through, and, and and then and then and then later on with the Manly side, the teams that can keep their juniors through through the progression, and and they, it's not that they it's not that they let players go, it's that they look at who they've got and they look at the they look at the plethora of talent, and then they go right, who do we need to dive into this side? That's really going to add value, you know. Like, like with the Roosters when they got um, Tedesco. Um, I, I look at the Penrith Panthers, you know, grabbing um, Appy Coruscant. That it's not that they let players go; they say, "No, we're going to keep the nucleus of this team, and what we're going to start to do is we're going to start to look far afield for who can we dip into this side to to to, to complement that side." Now, I think back to. You know, I go back to South Sydney's under twenty grand final side that got beaten um, by the Warriors. You know, you look at that team, the team that you that you were part of the coaching staff, Graham. You know, it, it must be said the Ford Pack probably weren't up to scratch. Okay, get a guy like Burgess in the side, and all of a sudden things look different. I I, I really take my hat off to teams Penrith. Um, Manly, who can keep the nucleus of a tide, bring them through, and then what they do is is they don't let players go, but rather they grab players who are going to add value. I think, I really think that's that's where clubs now even 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 the shark side um, when they won the grand final, the, the Melbourne side. I, I really think this is where teams like, for example. Um, the Tigers need to understand these grand finals aren't won this year. They were won when these kids were 19. And it's about keeping them through and it's about building this side and building the relationships. Why is Cleary and Luai so good? Because they've played together for so damn long. It's, it's, and I think that's the forgotten thing with these rugby league sides is that these sides are built well and truly before this year and that they look at the – and that what they do is they go, right, what do we need? What could this side, when they are 20, when they're coming through, what does this side lack? All right, it might lack a lot. So you look for someone on the market that complements that. And I, I just applaud at this point in time teams like Manly and Penrith who go, it's not about buying a premiership. What it's about, it's about saying we build this side from the ground up back five years ago to the pinnacle of what it is now. I think the classic team that did that perfectly 
um, was also the Penrith side of 03. You know, they, they looked at what they had and looked at who they could get and that would complement the team in a holistic manner. And they just they just they just grabbed a side that was just so perfect. Then and I think working with the juniors and working with what you got is so important in this current game that that to you know, like when people go, Oh, you know, Penrith, they've they've got all these players. They built these players. Manly built these players. The Storm build players, the Roosters build players, the Bunnies build players. That's why these guys are in the top four more often than not. It's not because they can buy a premiership. It's because they build players and they build the relationships between them. And it's such a forgotten thing in rugby league. We've got to, yeah, I think we've got to, you know, I, I really got frustrated when the 20s competition got, got resold in some way. Because it it really is so important that we highlight these guys and understand the important role they play. Because, you know, I remember going back and watching Latrell Mitchell playing Harold Matz. I remember watching Mitchell Pearce play. And, and you just saw them. And you just went, if you could build a team around these guys you will win a premiership. And that's what good sides do. That's what good coaches do. And I think I think the juniors and, and look, Penrith and Manly to their credit, they've been able to hold on to it. And I think I think while we talk about them as being you know the juggernauts and big, big teams of this competition at the moment, we've also got to remember it started way back when and they deserve a lot of kudos for keeping those sides and keeping those players because it, 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 the management of that is so hard in this modern game. And I think you've got to take your hat off to those teams. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And as uh, as you said, you know, you look at a side like the Panthers 03 team, they were, you know, they were a Luke Prittis, a Preston Campbell, a Martin Lang, and a Scott Sattler short and... Once you get them in with all the juniors, they are the best team, and you couldn't well, beat them. Well, you, know, you know, you know what? Look at look at how long it, look how long they could keep that side together for. They couldn't because yeah. all of a sudden those juniors were worth far more on the open market, and they had to let them go. It was sad. Yeah. And yet, and yet, fast forward what two thousand and three to two thousand and twenty one, and we still can't find um, a proper concession for homegrown talent, which I think, although what they've got no. now is better. It's, it's not great. Yep. And I think it's sad. I think it really is something that the NRL have forgotten about. And the only reason they've forgotten about it is because um, the coaches that make the most noise have, have really poor junior systems. So mm-hmm. I think that it's still a blight on the game that we don't, we don't, we don't have real concessions for for not only player development, but the ability to keep those players and nurture those players. And yeah, I, I just think it's I, I still think it's a poor option that the NRL have. That's my opinion. At, anyway, yeah. I digress. Fair enough. All right. Well thank I you, Griffo. Agree. I agree yeah. with everything Shane said. I mean um, if you develop a player, there should be more concessions in the cup than uh, what they currently are. 
I, I totally agree. I think that's the main thing that um still needs to be improved within the game because you have a lot of clubs that are working hard with their junior bases. And if it wasn't for those clubs, uh, look, look, the competition's nothing without quality players. The quality of the players dies down. Uh, the, the entertainment's not there. The fans go. It's a, it's a domino effect. And, um, yeah, as, as you guys have alluded to, there are a lot of clubs out there that produce young talent, and because of the structure of the salary cap, they can't hold on to them. They go elsewhere. They get dispersed amongst the competition. So, yeah, it would be good to see some um, some return for that uh, that hard work that goes in at those clubs. All right, Griffo, uh, well, thanks for the gaff uh, for the grab, I should say. Um, I'm, I'm heading on to Graham's gaff. I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, but um, definitely, I think Turbo's the player I hope to watch. That wasn't in the... it, Gray. That's my gaff. No, uh, Turbo's that was a the... bit of a gaff there, actually. Yeah, that was, a good that one, was the warm up gaff. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got uh, Turbo, I think, the player to keep an eye on in the finals. But uh, for my gaff this week, I've got a player who actually won't be participating in the finals at all. Alright, so this week for my gaff, um, I, I'm giving the prestigious award to, to Matt Lodge this week. Now, normally we talk about things that have happened on the field. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I could have given it to a few things in that game. There are a few other things in the weekend. I, I too, I should have, I should be like Griffo, I should apologise to um, some of the George other players. In the, yeah. St. George just St. George pretty much gifted South a couple of tries by uh, dropping the ball. Three tries. Yeah, I mean Campbell Graham. We we actually joked during the game that um, we call it Graham's gaff. It should be Campbell Graham's gaff this week because he was the one who was benefiting the most. He scored a couple of tries off St. George mistakes. Um, I even thought at one stage, geez, Jackson Paulo, he's dropped the ball over the line. I'm like, geez, nothing's going to be able to beat this. Then we got to Sunday's game where the focus of the game was on the Titans and their uh, chance to make the top eight. Unfortunately, a bit of gloss got taken off that because a lot of the talking point coming out of it is around Matt Lodge. Now, obviously, there were things that happened on the field. There were uh, incidences. Look, the incident that involved uh, Lodge, Evans, uh, I think uh, Jazz Tavega might have been the other player, Sinbind, at the time. Um, you know, that happened on the field. There's some silly stuff. That, there were punches. Can I add to that, Gray? Reese Walsh, for a young guy, someone needs to pull him aside and say your actions in that game were unacceptable. If you're going to be the next big thing and you want to play rugby league, a, a lot of commentary hasn't been told about him because they want to protect him, and rightly so. But seriously, I hope someone's in that young man's ear and says, if you want to act like a clown, right, go somewhere else. I think that, some yeah. of his actions were grubby. It says a lot, I think, uh, uh, you know, I'm getting a bit off topic here before I give the gaff, but just I think uh, experience and mentoring, that's something that needs to, to happen a bit at the Warriors. And one of the players at the Warriors is the player I mentioned, like Matt Lodge. He's 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 been in a few clubs. He's a... He, look... He's a good football player. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna knock anything in regards to Is his football ability. I think he's a good player. I, I agree. Think I think he's player. got a I lot, think he's, a lot of uh, Okay. I think he's. I think he's solid. I'll, 
He's a Decent good football solid. player. I, I, I think he'd make a, a lot of the a lot of NRL teams and a lot of squads. I think where your opinion might be influenced a bit is uh, the price tags that get put with him. Is he worth the price tags? Maybe yeah, not, okay. but he's yeah, a good, he's a good yeah, footballer. Fair, fair call. He's a good footballer. I think he, yeah, he's solid. He's a footballer. He's a first-grade footballer. Yeah. And he, he does some good things and he, he, he plays well. There's just certain things, and I know within the game, you know, I think he's facing a ban for the um, for the high tackle. I mean, the other thing to talk about from this incident is um, is Evans. I think yeah. because he got uh, charged a couple of times, uh, he's looking at you know five to seven games. The the well, thing he's that... lost how many how many times can you lose your cool in a few rounds? Like he's. Yeah. He's, he's just capitulated. Like, when, when the Roosters let him go, no one could fathom why. Yeah. And, and it, you're now seeing it. Like, these good clubs, the Storms, the Penrith, the, the Rabbitohs, the Roosters, the, you know, these clubs know when a player, they can see it when they just need to let a player go. I think they and, are. And, yeah. And, and, and look, all this stuff sort of things that happen on the field. What ultimately gets my gaff this week is uh, Matt Lodge. Now, obviously, as a professional rugby league player, a lot of things happen on the field. The fans are there, you know, and 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 he just had a um, he had a, I suppose, a lapse in judgment, which um, unfortunately for Matt Lodge, we um, we tend to talk about, you know, this becoming a, a common occurrence. Uh, my gaff is actually when he flipped off the crowd. Yeah, I think that was, that was um, not, you know, things happen on the field. You make mistakes. You do a high tackle. You do a shoulder charge. You get suspended, all that sort of stuff. When you're walking off the field and, you know, you lose your cool to the point where you're um, representing your brand. So if you're the Warriors um, and a key representative of your brand is seen, um, you know, interacting that way with fans, it's um yeah it's 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 not a good look. It's unfortunate. Um, he has, to his credit, um, acknowledged that mistake. Um, so you know it, it is one of those things. But that's just something where that's the next level brain snap. Where unfortunately for Matt Lodge, he's got a bit of a history of um acting uh, in a way that, uh, that that baffles us. And I'm talking about mostly things that aren't happening on the football field. You know what frustrates me, right? And I, 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 look, I know a lot of people are going to say, Shane, why would you even say this? Okay, I'm going to take the bubbler, right? He, <laughs> Todd Carney. No, Todd Carney. Todd Carney, the bubbler. Yep. He got thrown out of the league. For something he did, okay, he was, he, he, someone took a picture of him, someone took the video footage, okay. Yep. I'm going to say my second one, which was uh, which was not. Oh, no, the rugby league did weigh in on this one. Was uh, Mitchell Pearce, right? Where someone took a video of him. This guy does the most dumbest stuff in plain sight, in front of everyone. Like, at what point does the rugby league say you got one more chance, mate, and it's over? You probably. I'm sorry, you- I'm sorry, you came here. And, and look, I'm, I, I believe in second chances. I do. I, I, I'm someone who advocates for them. 
I'm someone that says when you've when you've when you've done your time, when you've showed remorse, you deserve a chance. You really do. I I I believe that. I advocate for it. I've helped people for years get it right. So so don't start saying to me, "Oh, Shane, what you know?" Because he chucked the toilet at someone. What you're bringing that up again? No, I'm not. What I'm saying is, is that the NRL and the Broncos went out on a limb. Are based on nothing more than goodwill. The problem's this: you can be a brilliant rugby league player, and I'm not saying he's not. But at what point do you say, mate, in the middle of a game where we've got young kids, we've got everything, you can be frustrated. I get that. Mm. And, you know, we hear people swear on the field. I get that. But flipping the crowd the bird is the most unprofessional thing you could do. It's something that shows that at the end of the day, you you don't care about anything but yourself. You only care about how you feel in the moment. And when you walk off the field, you care so much about the the 15 people in the crowd booing you because it's COVID that you want to flick them the bird? Like, really? Like, come on. I'll tell you where we draw the line. We've got to be better than this. I think we've basically got to wait until he... um... Until he takes uh, some sort of property from the club, maybe a speaker or something, if he was to try and sell that, yeah, on eBay, I know. Like, no, that I mean, might like, that I might that, that might be the straw that broke the camel's but, back. Yeah, possibly. and that's and that's and that's the funny <laughs> thing, you know. Like you look at all this and you just go, "On this is where the NRL, like the NRL, will chime in on the most minuscule crap." Someone farts sideways on a plane, and all of a sudden it's a it's it's going before the integrity commission. Yet when something like this happens, the NRL hide hide under their desk because they did hate to be the one that says, "Excuse me, we gave you a lifeline." We, you know, because they'd rather fight the easy battle than this hard one. I'm sorry, Matt Lodge might be a great bloke. I don't know, but he's a good footballer. Yeah, he's a solid footballer. That action is actually really poor and it shows real disrespect to the people who make who 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 make the game which is the crowd if i was i'm telling you the team i follow is someone flipped the bird i would be ropeable and i'm telling you now my membership would be on notice to that club and that's the thing i really think that that there's some of these people join clubs or get lifelines from clubs where it's the last straw, where, you know, like, well, what are the, what are the warriors going to do? The poor warriors don't live at home anymore and this, that, and the other. I just think this is where the NRL needs to step in and say, I'm sorry, mate. You know what? I can accidentally, I can do a swinging arm in a tackle where a guy's falling and get five weeks. From what from from what's inside my heart is a pure accident. I went in for a tackle. He was falling. I got it wrong. I get five weeks. That was a conscious action that made the NRL look foolish. What's that worth? You know, we talk about intent. If I flip you the bird, that's intent. I don't have to get in your brain. I gave you an action. Yeah. This is the thing. For ages, we talk about what's intent, what's not intent. We see it. There it is. What's that worth? 
And I think until the NRL start start really getting serious about this kind of thing, like I don't know. I, 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 when I saw it, I just shook my head. I, I, I didn't even laugh. Like you know, normally I'd giggle at that. <laughs> What's he doing? I, I didn't even laugh. I just shook my head and went, "Well, there you go." Someone who's been given a lifeline, he's getting paid 1.5 million bucks. He's, you know, not through any fault of his own. I'm not saying that. But you know what? I'm not asking you to play to what you're worth. I'm asking you to act to what you're worth. If you're gonna if you're gonna get paid 1.5 million bucks to play rugby league, act like the the um I was gonna say gentleman. That's what I don't know if that's the right that's, word. That's beyond the like being Act like, the, act like the role model you should be at 1.5 million bucks at the NRL. The um yeah, so look, plenty plenty there to dissect. I mean Did he I got a question. Did he cop a suspension or just get fined? Uh I think he only got a fine. I think he's facing a suspension one week for the high tackle. Right. Because I think he's had two suspensions since he joined the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Come, second half of the year. I think he got fined five grand by the NRL. Right. But you know what? Like what? What's that prove? It proves nothing. Five grand. Like now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I, I should be able to pay fifteen grand to get a player off, or twenty grand. Well, Evans yeah. is going to get five weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, you know, like I can, I can accidentally hit someone. Mm. A pure accident in my heart. It was just a, it was just an error of judgment. And you get five weeks. What does more damage to the game? Do you think the so, Matt? Yeah, Lodge... I'm telling you now, flipping someone the bird. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what? The... What's for the what's, uh, what's uh, made social media around yeah, yeah. the world? Yeah, and and this bird. also comes back to now also too. These players understanding too as representatives of the game. For us, we go okay. It's it's, it's an incident that's happened, and, and and we're not happy about it. Think about the people who don't follow rugby league, who are living under all of these restrictions due to COVID, and they see Matt Lodge on the TV flipping off the crowd, and they're saying, "Hang on, why why are, why are people in Queensland like? If you live in Queensland, you don't follow rugby league. You go, why are they making all of these exemptions for these drongos?" That's that's the thing I on come top, back to as well. On top of it, and like I said, I hate bringing up history, but at the end of the day, this guy has been given a bucket load of chance. Uh, uh, that that I mean, we've all seen footage of the the fight. I don't want to bring it all up and drag him back through it, but you know, he's he's he, made he's made a lot of mistakes in the past. This is another one. I hope this is his last because he's a good footballer and I wish him be. the best. Might be his last. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic right. for the bloke. You know, the, until right. until someone says, you know what, mate, I'm sorry, you're gone now. Leave. You're not welcome in the NRL. You won't get registered here. You're gone. How oh, much of this do you oh, think's up to oh, the uh, but, the Warriors and the but, NRL? Uh, do you think it's it ultimately comes down to Lodge? Is it something where the I don't know, like it's hard because people will say, what are the Warriors doing about? What are the NRL doing about it? But at the end of the day. I can have a joke, all right. I can have a joke inside someone's house with a dog, although I didn't think it was funny and I didn't rate it whatsoever. <laughs> what what Carney did, I have no idea what the thought process behind that was, but it was not in front 
of an NRL crowd, and yet I can get bitten. And I know he got done for drink driving. I get the thing is this: everything with that guy was done on private time. Was done at time that wasn't playing rugby league. He was a rugby league player, mm. but he got shown the door. This was in. This was on TV. Prime. This was on rugby league. This was walking Watching away from a sin bin. And yet again. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I just shake my head. Anyway. Far out. Anyway, look. I, um, just uh, look. I just think. There's a few guys, in, and not many these days, but there's a few guys in the NRL who seem to spend an inordinately large amount of time on the sidelines suspended. Now, I think uh, any player who's out for, say, more than three weeks should have part of their salary deducted because they're not working. They can't work because they've done things that prevent them. Oh. Like there's Maguire, Maguire from the Dragons, Evans from the Warriors. With the way the judiciary is, Please? I don't know if three weeks is enough, Griffo. No, I said, okay, if you're going to go, if you're out for more yeah. than three weeks in a year, that a portion of your salary be withheld. Because I, yeah, I, no, I, I actually had a I actually had a system like yours in mind, Griff. Where I um yeah I I in part agree with you where I where I think it still takes it's still it's still included in the cap, but but basically um you, yeah you get a deduction after I, I said six weeks six weeks. The funny thing is for a month. The funny thing is that the players who are doing the minor the like the the minor indiscretions are the ones who are getting impacted and I'm, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that the the fines come out of the players pocket it, the club pays them yeah. but you, you know I mean like the, the current system you've got a bloke does a you know you know lower grade contrary conduct whatever might get fined $1900 you know the 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 money Value. What the NRL said is that playing games is worth more than money. Can I? Can I? Can I actually um, also chime in there, Graham? I want to see for you know how I've said that if you get if you get a bin for a couple of weeks, right? So just say Canterbury plays um, the Raiders, and 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 uh, Nickel Clock starts. For, for want of a better player, mm. um, does something where he hits a guy and he gets two weeks. He serves the first week in a first week. He serves the first week against the um, the team he plays next, and then he serves the second yeah. week later in the year when they play the Canterbury Bulldogs. Right, so that way the Bulldogs get a um, get a benefit. Yeah. I think with this fine system, really. I think that that basically, for, not for finals games, for, for rounds one to twenty-five, if you get fined and you pay the fine, you still sit out the next time you play that site in that what, year. But the because I think yeah. I really, and if you don't, chuck another thousand bucks on top. I really think this this fine system, it's 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 bullcrap to within an inch of. The, of its life. It's just so horrendously set up the, and it doesn't not make sense. 
It's just crap. The idea I behind the fine right system. Down. I'm not going to. It is. It's just a crap I, I, system. I, I, it's yeah, a debacle. I, I can't talk. I think I, uh, I I did our swearing quota in last week's podcast. No, for the it whole is. Season. It's an absolute debacle. The, like, the, the reason they like, brought the fines in was they, they basically said instead of having players missing for games for minor things, so, you, you know, we've got the stars on the field, we're going to find them instead. But what I we're agree. now finding now, but the, the, but the thing is where they're drawing the line is, the, the people that are being... One match is still one match. What we're finding is we're now just finding blokes for really minor... I, I, I don't know if it's had the impact. It's, it's a money grab. Yeah. It's a money grab, you know? It's, 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 uh, it's funny. Merit. Someone said... Someone asked... <laughs> no, someone asked me... Someone asked me, um, what's the fine system? Could you could you sum up the fine system? I said, it's the unmarked cop car. Yeah. It's the unmarked car on it's the side. It's revenue race. You know, it's just a revenue thing. Yeah. Oh, well, I want you. Because that's, if that was serious, Matt Lodge wouldn't have gotten fined. He would have gotten time. I See, I don't know where you go because my initial thought when you guys brought that up was I, I don't like, I don't like longer suspensions. Like if you're a repeat offender, I don't like taking away that person's livelihood and i know the first thing people are going to say is they make enough money for it to be affordable i get that i I don't even like the the argument where people say hey they're making a lot of money they should be doing xyz i i, I don't know that's but a I'm, hard one i don't I'm think we'll ever see anything like, like that. josh mcguire who's come down to the dragons from the cowboys early in the season and he's copped another five weeks. I don't know if he's been suspended two or three times since he got to the Dragons. He's got another five weeks. Yeah, I hear. I agree with you. Griffin. Seriously, that guy. Yeah. He's been suspended. Well, okay. almost as can many I, weeks as what he's if been. He's, if he's, a, if he's a valuable right. member of the Dragons squad, the penalty is the fact that the Dragons don't have him available. Oh, but why should okay. he be paid when he doesn't play? Yeah. Can I add something to that? Latrell Mitchell gets no bonuses. Folks get injured too. Latrell Mitchell. He's still going to train. You know, actually, I'm going to be honest with you. This is where this argument bothers me a bit because people say that players are getting played, are paid yeah. for the 80 minutes on Sunday. That's not their job. That's yeah, 80 minutes of their week. Yeah. They are working during the week. Now, when Josh Maguire goes to training on a five-week suspension, I'll tell you, you know, Latrell Mitchell. Latrell Mitchell's not having buy beers and pies for the next four weeks because he's out suspended. They are showing up to work. They are at work at seven o'clock in the morning. Their work is to train but and you stay know in shape and to train you know, and contribute. That's what they're getting paid for. If they say you know I'm what? not getting paid for the next two weeks, I'd say cool. I'm going. If it's not COVID. I'll go to the Whit Sundays for the next two weeks and I won't train. But you know what? You know what Latrell Mitchell is not getting? He's not getting any of the final bonuses because in his contract, if you're suspended, you don't get paid for the bonuses but of that the was, finals. That was, a, that was a throwaway example. What I'm saying is these guys that are suspended for extended periods of time, yeah. take him, whoever, what we need to understand is as viewers, we see the 80 minutes on the weekend. That's, that's almost... You can't, that's not, their job is not to play football on the weekend. Their job is to be a full-time employee of that club. 
Now, I'm happy for them to still be paid. He can show up at training, yeah, fulfill all his I... duties at training every day, do media, do, you know, do you know what be more productive for society? Say so you're not playing this week, okay, but you're going out to the local school yeah. and running a yeah. clinic. Fair call. You're That's fronting, fair call. you're yeah. you're doing the um doing anyway. the charity stuff. You're the one, if you're a paramedic, you're going to Westmead Hospital this week to see the kids. This is how we're going to utilize you in your role because unfortunately we can't have you play out the role that we wanted you to play on yeah. Sunday because you're suspended. This is how we want you to fulfill More. your duties this week as an employee. I see yeah. that I see that valid validity in that, Graham. I, I don't disagree that is is valid. But these guys, like, I'm not saying that they lose all their pay, but I'm saying there should be a percentage. If you're a repeat oh. offender, and I'm saying over three weeks in one season. Now, they play 24 games. 24 games. And I'm, I'm not talking about injury. That's completely different. If you're suspended, you've done something wrong. And if you're suspended for more than four weeks in a season chances are that you've had more than one suspension. Um, I just think, I feel for, for a club like the Dragons, who, who paying this guy probably a fair bit of money, and he just doesn't get on the field because he keeps getting suspended. Yeah. And I, 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 It's not just him. There's other guys as well. Um, Jack Hetherington spends a lot of time on the, on the sidelines. Uh, Radley from the Roosters, yep. a lot of time on the sidelines. Um, their team is a lesser team because they're not there. Yep. And I, I just think a sl- I'm, I'm not talking about a big portion. I'm, I'm just talking about okay. I, if you're going to be out for this much, then you know, and this be in everyone's contract in the NRL, going to do the wrong thing for whatever it's wrong thing like whether it's bringing the game into disrepute, like, you know, some of those Bulldogs guys with their antics up in Port Macquarie the other year. Um, so off-field incidents, on-field incidents where you're a repeat offender and, and your club is paying you a lot of money. Yeah, you're going to training, but you don't win any games from training. You win, you win your club yeah. games because you're on the field playing for them. And yeah, I... You're not contributing to the team. Oh, yeah, I agree to you. I, where I agree with Griffo and Graham, I hear your point. Because yeah. you're, you're, you, the, you're, you're, you you're the trainer, too. right? Hang on, let me talk. Where I hear Griffo's point, and I, I, I agree with you in part, Graham, the core business of a rugby league club is to win games. Correct. You, I get training's important, but the 80 minutes plus, plus, plus the... Uh, extra point if you have to play it that's where the core business be- that's where the core business ends not necessarily begins but that's where the buck stops and that's where regardless like okay we can talk about the bulldogs bulldogs have trained just as hard as any other club this year yep. you know yeah and yeah, every we talk player about- in that team has earned their salary okay a lot of have. <laughs> but the thing is if you don't put it on the field it's for naught I agree with Griffo that not all of it, but I think there has to be a section of it comes down to the fact that 
you didn't comply with the core business of rugby league. The core business of rugby league is to get on the field and play games. Injuries are different kettle of fish, but when you've when you've done something that takes away from your core business, you have to you have to be answerable for that. I remember saying I brought this up in, I think three or four years ago, and I was talking about six games being maybe the the, the cutoff. I just think that once you get to the point where you've got a series of games you have taken you have removed from your you've removed a chance from your club to progress you're there because you're a valuable member of the team the minute you're not there because of an indiscretion you actually reduce the the progression of that side the team is going to regress because of your actions your actions need to be answerable to the point where, okay, if there's a section of your salary that gets docked for that. Now, you know what? Put it to charity. I don't care what happens to it. But I think, it, I think it's a very valuable lesson is that when you start saying to people, you're going to start losing out and you're going to have to front up for the training maybe the snap decisions will be reduced. That's why I thought about it, is that there are certain players that make these snap decisions and the consequence is games. They're still training. They're still getting their body fit. But the consequence is what do they what do they add to their club? Once you say, because you're adding no value for us for six games, we're going to start pulling cash from you Will that mindset change for certain players? I bet my bottom dollar it will oh, change. I agree, Shane. Look, look at Kane mm. Evans. He yeah. got suspended for, you know, he lost it. Will Will's chambers got under his skin. Yeah. <laughs> he was. Suspension. He comes back and he does exactly the same thing. And now he's out for the first five weeks of next year. Yeah. Insanity. What do you think? Okay, let's let's have a look at it. What do you think is is worth more to a player? Say, for example, um, uh, you got a you got, you've got a player, and you you say, okay, you've got the option of paying a fine out of your own pocket or missing a rugby league game. What do you think is going to be a bigger impact for that player? We went through this last week. How no, much would Latrell Mitchell pay? Yeah, so so what pay? do you think? What do you think's a bigger punishment for an NRL player? Not being able to play and losing their spot in their squad or money out of their pocket? You know what, Graham? Once you get past six games, I don't think I I I I'm that 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 that's twenty five percent of the season. It's actually gone. I, I know, don't but what think I'm, that's, that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm arguing is your point is that if it comes down to affecting money, if the players are going to be out of pocket money-wise, they will watch themselves more. We're going to see less indiscretions. I'm actually arguing, and I'm going to move on now because we're talking in circles. I'm actually arguing that for an NRL player, um, games are probably worth more. I, I oh, think they miss if, the games too. Don't you no, worry, they miss the games as the well. That's not the question I'm asking. The point is... I know they're missing the games, but what you guys are saying is we're going to clean up the game by finding players. No, 
what we're saying is is that is that is that players actually get a reduction of pay what okay this reduction of pay what is the end result you're hoping to achieve by having a reduction in pay get the players to be smarter so less indiscretions and suspended suspensions from the players that's, what just, we want. Like, that's the ultimate okay, result, it, isn't it? See, we saw from the now, who does the suspension? Who does the suspension? Week. Does the suspension affect the player or the team? It affects everyone. What I'm affects saying the is, team. is the it, it does. affects the team. So are you saying? But what I want to know is what the end goal is from this proposal. Is the end goal from this proposal to have players not committing these indiscretions? And okay. you guys said thinking twice and yeah. not look. The end result, from what I understand from what you guys are saying, is we want these players changing their behavior so they do not get suspended. And, yes. the, and the fine, the loss of salary on top of the suspension is a deterrent for that. I believe so. So you're yeah, looking at here. harsher penalties for players who yes. are repeat offenders. Repeat anyone that gets Anyone now, that gets more than six weeks in a year... Yes, seriously needs to start having a look at themselves. Do you think so? The current system gives the the players who are repeat offenders more weeks than someone who does a like um, tackle or offence. So, say for example, you've got your Kane Evans. He's facing that five to seven weeks this week because of his record. Last week we explained. I'm not going to talk about Latrell Mitchell, but we explained how he was facing six to nine weeks as opposed to Haru and Ira who was facing three to six. Yep. What we're basically saying here, and from what I'm taking from it, and I know you guys are going to say I'm missing the point. I doubt that. That, that a six-week, like, repeat offenders would take part of their salary. By taking part of their salary and by penalising them in regards to a portion of their salary, that they will then change their behaviour and I, no longer become repeat offenders. I, I think, Graham, the big, the big, the big problem I've got is the buck's got to stop with the player. Okay, so you, you mentioned Latrell Mitchell, right? So let's talk about him for a tick. Mm-hmm. And I like the guy, so it's going to be tough. But okay. you know, but the thing is, okay, the guy got suspended. It affects the team. Correct. That's a his suspension is going to going to affect the potential outcome of that team that affects the fans. Yeah. At what point? Okay, say I don't know. Okay, say. Do you think Latrell Mitchell? If say I'm just trying to find an example that's better than Latrell Mitchell. Okay, say for example, you've got this. The current deterrent is more matches. Doesn't work great. Okay, like it doesn't. I'll tell you what. We can get a guy out for a season. It does not work because you know why? Because the NRL have said these silly things like if a player gets injured, you have to match the injury. If you get sent off, that counts as a week. The problem is this. When you look at at the player, at what point does the player take control for the action? At what point does the player go, Oh, I'm punished now. I don't get to play football. I get that. And when that's your life, I fully understand that. The problem is you've affected the team, you've affected the fan, and you've affected... Now, I know as someone who's been in the inner... You've been in the inner sanctum. But I'm telling you now, without fans, a club is stuffed. 
And I didn't watch my team for years because fans couldn't be stuck getting off their ass and going to a game. The thing is this, your actions have an effect on the team and the fans. You playing football is your, not playing football is your punishment. Once you get past six weeks, you don't give a stuff about either. At what point do you get punished? Because the punishment's not you missing games. Because so you, you didn't think... learn the first time. So, so What the punishment needs to be is, okay, where's the compensation for the club? The compensation is the club does not have to pay you a portion of your salary during that time. Now, it could be one week and it could be put things depending on the player. I think what we've got to understand is, is that if you think that the money is tokenistic, I'll give you the hot tip. By the time a player gets to 10 weeks in one year suspension, a suspension is tokenistic. They have not learnt their lesson. You've got to find somewhere else. You're cracking the same We're egg. We're talking 10 weeks or three weeks? We were talking three weeks at the start. No, I was talking six. I said six. I said player that gets 10 weeks. Latrell Mitchell's missed 10 weeks. By the so time you this think is he over. should lose? Do you, so, so look, what I'm basically saying is I, the average I'm not sure that it would work. I don't think that... I actually think to these footy players... I actually think, and especially blokes like Latrell Mitchell making a million bucks a year, I don't know what sort of chunk you're talking about taking from his salary. I actually think it's a bigger hit to some of these blokes missing football and not being there for their teammates and having to to, to deal with that than, than paying a, a, yeah, a fine yeah, along with it. Like, like if I... This is the thing. Like, and are we, and are we punishing I, the player I, I or compensating psych- the club? I study psychology. So I'm, I'm all for mental health. I'm all for this. But I'm it's sick and tired of this argument. idea. No, it's not. I'm it's sick about... and tired. Hey, no, stop interrupting me point. and let me talk. I know you're the head of this show, but you can let me talk, can't you? Yeah. Thank you. I'm sick and tired of people saying, oh, but you know, they really like rugby league and they like their club and they like this and they like that. And we're trying to... You know what? If you get six weeks in a year, you have total disregard for everything. You have total disregard for everything that your club stands for. You don't care. There's a Trill Mitchell intentionally do it last week. You are not unlucky. You are not unlucky. You've gone out and you've done an act which has caused you to be suspended. I personally think three weeks is a bit light on. But I'm telling you now, once you start missing a quarter of the year because you can't pull your head in and there's players that do it, I'm sorry, we've got to come up with a better system. Is taking money away from players a better system? It's a different system and it's a Mm. start. But you know what? It's going to get to the point where certain players, there is no reset. And the problem is the fans and the club lose out. That's not fair. Because you know what? If there's anything this last two years has shown us, if we start giving fans the ass, they're the ones that are going to start giving the bird. Mm. We've got to treat the fans and the club with more respect and stop hiding behind the guys that some of these players are really taking the piss when they start doing these actions. Some players are in for two weeks and then they're out again. Now, 
okay, we talk about the, the Trell Mitchell's not part of that game. But what I'm saying is, is that there's certain players, and they are a few, they are five players in our league that need to be shown a lesson. Because if they're not shown a lesson, it's just going to compound and hurt the club and the fans. And that's the last. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm over the fans getting shafted and I'm over the club getting shafted with this. And look, I apologise, Graham. I didn't mean to, to cut right. you off there. But I just, uh, you know, it, it, we, we're passionate football fans. And I, I, yeah. I really do think that, you know, it's a joke if we're going to start to say, uh, you know, what happens next? A player goes in with, with what would be a 200-point system, but because of prize, it's now 600 points. That's a joke. Only fans lose out. Yeah. And the, th- the thing is, too, like, as I said, like, I, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm giving you guys a lot of credit because you're thinking of other systems. And whilst I respectfully disagree, my basically my point is I, I worry that um, I don't think it's going to change anything. I think you're going to see the suspensions and you're going to see blokes lose lose money. I, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is. I think ultimately, guys, what we want to see is um, is some some good footy and the talk happening on the field. And I'll tell you what, I think the talk's going to happen on the field this weekend because we got finals. We got finals. We got finals. We got finals. So look, and, and as we said, and I think that 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 discussion there really highlights what the NRL have in a sense that. You know, it, it's very hard to come up with a system that's, that's going to work, especially in a game like Rugby League. It's a hard, tough game, and I'll tell you what, they don't get any harder, they don't get any tougher than the games we've got this week, especially the game we have first up on Friday night. So, uh, boys, it's uh, it's very exciting. We've got the whistle and the kickoff for the finals. There we go. It is officially finals footy season. I on Friday be suspended night, for my poor attempt to whistle there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they might, they might put you up in the. Uh, they might put you up in the. Uh, the rent box. Yeah, that's yeah, not well, a safe a spot either. There, the vacancy. Look, we got the Storm versus the uh, the Sea Eagles. This is this is one of the mouth watering clashes. This this is going to be absolutely amazing. We're all looking forward to it. It's going to happen Friday. The 10th of September, 7.50 at Sunshine Coast Stadium. And the news we were hearing just before we went on to air is that it is an official sellout. So well done to those on the Sunshine Coast for for supporting finals footy. You're in for a treat here. Um, For the Melbourne Storm, the easiest way to put this is um, the Calvary returns. They're all back. You've got Munster. Oh, not all of them, I should say. That was a bit of a slip of the tongue there. But most of them are back with Munster, Welsh. Kafusi, Jennings, uh, both the Bromwiches are back. Ramus Smith. The one omission um, that I uh, alluded to earlier on the podcast that won't be with the Storm this week is Josh Adokar. So uh, apart from that, very strong team. But, uh, you know, the Manly Warringah Seagulls fans will be highlighting the fact that they don't have their top try scorer for the year on the wing. Uh, for the Manly Warringah Seagulls, uh, changes from last round, uh, Josh... LOIE returns at prop. Um, Sipley was in for him last week. He's back to the reserves. Uh, Funa is also on the reserves. He was previously suspended, uh, and he's coming back in number 21. 
Um, for this game, uh, we have Grant Atkins refereeing. The video ref is Ashley Klein. The equation here for finals progression, Griffo, the winner of this will progress to week three, get a week off. The loser will face the winner of the Roosters and Titans in week two. Um, look, we've, we've talked about Manly. We've talked about how good they're playing at the moment. They're coming up against the uh, the best team in the competition in the Melbourne Storm. This is going to be a belter. Look, this is the game that I think is is the um, the feature clash of 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 round one of the, the final series. Um, you've got the outstanding Melbourne Storm against a team that has risen from the ashes, looked dead and buried after the first four weeks, and have come home. They're on the crest of a wave. The uh, I know there's a lot of waves around the uh, the Manly Warringah area. Um, they're on the crest of one at the moment, and um, it's a mouth-watering clash. Two outstanding rugby league teams. Um, I look at both teams, and and I, I see a lot of attack. Um. But I want to point out, uh, I want to point out for what for me is a glaring weakness in the Melbourne Storm, and that is number five, the guy who essentially is replacing Josh Adokar. Um, he's been in the team for a few weeks now. I'm talking about Lumi Lumi, and I don't see a, an NRL player. In that guy, um, he seems to make mistakes, and where most wingers convert their opportunities into a four pointer, there's been a few where he's had chances and he just can get the ball down over the line. I'm quite surprised that he's there, even though Ado Car's out. Uh, they've got other options like Iremaya. Is uh, he's played a lot of games this year, Dean Iremaya, but he's been uh, left out. Now Craig Bellamy is the great, possibly the greatest ever rugby league coach at NRL level. But if I was to give him a bit of advice, it's not that he needs it. I would have had Nico Hines, who is a superstar. I would have put him in the centers and I would have put Remus Smith to the wing. Um, there's been a lot of talk about what do you do with Nico Hines, Poppin Hughes, and you got the Smith Grant debate. Well, obviously, Smith and Grant, they have to be in the 17. Some people were saying there's no spot for Nico Hines. Well, that's in- incredibly. Uh, insulting to a guy who's been one of the form players this year in the NRL. I just think he's too good to be wearing number 17, Nico Hines, when you've got a guy wearing number five, who I don't think is NRL level. Um, so I would have Hines in the centers, Remus Smith to the wing, or you could even put Hines on the wing. Um, but be that as it may, 
And my apologies to any Lumi Lumi fans out there, or indeed Isaac himself. Um, you know, he, he is an NRL player because he, he's there. And I expect that that's the team that they'll run out. I don't think there'll be too many changes. I just, I think Manly is just going to target that guy. Um, but uh, it's a mouthwatering clash. You've got two of the very best teams. There's a question mark over Munster, and that's the other thing, that if Munster doesn't play, obviously Nico Hines goes straight into the sixth jersey. Um, I'm going to tip the Melbourne Storm simply because they are the Melbourne Storm um, and they don't lose too many finals games. But they are up against an attacking genius in, in Tommy Turbo and the guys rise when he's on the field. Saab is a better player. I heard a statistic where Saab scored over 20 tries this year. Only one of them was scored when Tommy Turbo didn't play. And Tommy Turbo's only played about, I think, 15 games or some, some low number because of his injuries and origin uh, as well. So, and they've rested him. So Saab is an incredibly better player when Turbo's there, as is Ruben Garrick. Um, but they've got other, they've other, like Cherry Evans is a much better player when he's got Turbo in the team. Comes back to the field when there's no Turbo. They've got this dynamite back row of Olakuatu and Schuster. And then you've got Jake Turbo there. Um the Melbourne Storm are a bigger pack. Um, Manly, I think, are a more skillful pack. It's, I just can't wait for this game. I, I just I don't know who's going to win. It's a really a 50-50. But because the Melbourne Storm are the Melbourne Storm, that's the only reason I'm going to tip them this week. Both sides have got brilliance in attack. The Melbourne Storm you'd have to say are a better defensive team. Um, if the Storm can control Tommy, the Storm win this game. That's what it comes down to. Um, we saw Pappen, he was in who's been down on form. He came back to form last week. He was pretty much back to almost back to his best. Um, I just yeah I think it's a 50-50. Harry Grant off the bench is the most dangerous man in the NRL off the bench, I think. Um, we saw him tear to shreds their opposition last week, whoever they were. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go Storm simply because they are the Storm. I, I do not would not surprise me in the slightest if Manly win this game. Um, Shane, what do you think? Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, I I would love to meet the person that said that Nico Hines shouldn't be in the side. That's um, it's a massive call. Um, he is a very good footballer. I, I agree with everything you say regarding the playing roster of the Melbourne Storm. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Um, my, my, my thing is it will take, you know, Cherry Evans decides to put his kicking boots on and, and has a good kicking game. 
um, it will totally expose the wing position. Um, I like I like what Manly's doing in regards to halves. Their half play has just been outstanding. It's been it's been the forgotten brilliance of this Manly side. We've talked so much about Dubojevic in the back three of Garrick and Saab and what's happened and, and the space that Dubojevic is creating. I really think the space is actually made by their halves. They're, they're drawing the uh, in, inside defence out. And um, if you look at it, they're, when, they're, when their forwards take a hit up, they're in the back pocket. Um, so if an offload does occur, they're instantly there to enact something, which is starting to spread the defence um, of their opposition, which creates space in the middle. And who's going to exploit that uh, space in the middle? That's Tommy Jurovic. Um, I, I just think that I just think that that is a really really smart ploy against a lot of teams in the competition. It won't work against the Melbourne Storm. The Melbourne Storm are too smart for that. Um, they're going to aim up. They're going to hold their defence strong. It's going to be won by Manly if they can win through solid kicking game, not dropping the football and not cracking under pressure. The Melbourne Storm are the Melbourne Storm. They are a juggernaut. Uh, I do have questions in that wing position, Griff. I fully agree with you. It's, it's going to be just how much that gets exploited. Um. I think their bench, the Storm bench, just has it uh, by a nose. And Harry Grant just plays a massive role in that. To have that calibre of player coming off the bench is what makes me pick the Storm. I don't think the Storm are going to afford Manly um, some of the luxuries that they've had in the last few weeks. I think Melbourne Storm are going to keep that middle tight. But they're going to bank on the fact that if Cherry Evans or Foran do get early ball, they're probably going to pass wide anyway. So that's going to, you know, they're going to compress their defence. They're going to be up and in. Um, I think I think in some ways, if they do want to spread early, there's value to be had by Manly. But I, I just think that Manly's middle defence is going to be, uh, sorry, the uh, Storm's middle defence is going to be far smarter and there's not going to be a willingness of the second rowers and centres to want to, to want to push wide and create that space in the middle. Um, I, I do think that... Um, I do think Manly will push this all the way. Um, and, and, look, I had Manly... I had Manly at midday today. Uh, it was just that when I really sat down and thought about how Manly play the game, a guy like Bellamy in a very disciplined side like Melbourne could nullify a lot of that, of the way Tommy Turbo scores tries. The individual try he scored last week was outstanding. Um, I don't know if he scores it against the Melbourne Storm. I don't a lot think of so, working. Shane. What's that? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think no. the nine... No. Nine Melbourne no. players miss tackles. No. All you know, that's not going to happen. Play. No, that's not going to happen. And and when you look at a lot of where Tommy Turbo scores, he tries. It's in the middle where the defence spreads because they're not quite sure where that ball's going to go. They're going to be up and in. They're a far, the Melbourne Storm are one of the best one-on-one tacklers in the league, so they know that they don't have to come up and in. 
I think that nullifies a lot of what Manly do. Manly are a great football side, don't get me wrong, but they, I think it's not so much about Melbourne's def- attack that's going to win this game. It's going to be Melbourne's defence. They're going to they're going to attack with defence. And um, it's going to be – I really think this could be low scoring. I, this could be a really low scoring affair, a ground out affair where um, the Storm just have the defensive now to win this game, Graham. Yeah, this is um, a massive game. Uh, What we've also got to remember too, I remember thinking back to when they played earlier this year. It's not even that long ago. It was a big clash, but I don't know if Manly had built to the, the team that we're giving them credit for this week going into the finals. Um the Storm got the job done there. I think it was, it was 28-18. I think half-time it was 8-all. I, I feel like we're going to go down that path again where it's going to be a nice, tight game. But as we often say on the podcast, the cream's going to rise to the top. Um, you, you boys mentioned there and you, you gave a lot of good points in regard to the, uh, the style of football that the Manly side have been able to play and the points they've been able to score. A team like the Melbourne Storm, they don't they don't allow the opposition to um to do that. They're going to be nice and tight. Um, look, not not taking anything away from the Manly Seagulls, but I think in this one, um, the Storm, they've shown all year why they're the best team. Um, and and their defense, I think, is is only a you know the, when you talk about defense in the league. There's only a few teams that are in that really top upper upper echelon of um of uh of defence, and I think the Storm will be able to to hold out uh, Manly. They may look Manly may still score twenty points, but I I, I think the Storm um they might score twenty four. I, I think it's going to be a belter, but um yeah I I think that that Melbourne's going to get this one. <laughs> All right, moving on to the second game we have this week for finals week one. Uh, we have the fifth place Roosters taking on the eighth place Gold Coast Titans. This one's going to happen at Townsville. This is the uh, first of the big Townsville double header on Saturday, September 11th. Uh, kickoff in this one is scheduled for 5:40 p.m. Uh, looking at the team news for these two sides for the Sydney Roosters, uh, Jared Maria Hargraves is returning at prop. Bradley's back from suspension at lock, and Fletcher Baker, um, he's back the same on the bench as well. Um, Liu and Egan are bench to make way, obviously, for um, Jared Rhea Hargraves and Radley coming in. Ben Marshke, um is one of the players who's dropping out. Uh, Lamb it has retained the uh, halfback position, so he will wear number seven this week. Uh, we've got Sam Walker in at number 14, so something to keep your eye on there. Uh, a lot of talk amongst the punters in regards to how that's going to play out. Uh, for the Gold Coast Titans, changes from round 25. Proctor has been named again this week after a drawing last week, so the Gold Coast Titans are hoping that he will play. Uh, and McIntyre is the player to drop out of the 17 from the team that beat the Warriors last week. Referees in this one, we've got Adam G. Refereeing and the video referee is Steve Chitty. 
The finals progression, well, the winner of this uh, faces the loser of the previous game we talked about, the Storm and Seagulls. So, um, yeah, and the loser of this game obviously eliminated. Few troops back on deck here, Griffo, for uh, the Roosters. We know that the basically the narrative of their season has been um, overcoming despite injury and suspension. Um how do you see this Roosters team heading into the finals against the Gold Coast Titans team who uh, whose fans got excited last week over the big win? Thank you, Graham. Um, I did not tip the Roosters last week. To, I thought the Canberra Raiders would get them because the Roosters are so far down on, uh, on their playing talent. I was so impressed with what they did last week. They... They humiliated the Raiders, really. Um, and this week, they've got a stronger side on the park. Um, the forward pack of the Roosters, when you look at it, Warrior Hargreaves, Beryl's the hooker, Takiaho, Crichton, Tupinua, and Radley. That's, that's high quality, that forward pack. Um, and then off the bench, they've got Liu... Egan Butcher and, and the Baker. So um, I just think the the strength of the Roosters forwards, they've won competitions, most of those guys. They know how to get the job done. Um, Drew Hutchison, I was really impressed with him last week, with his work. Um, he's, uh, he's a guy who... I felt for early in the year when he copped those knees, which resulted in broken ribs and a punctured lung. Um, and I thought, oh, this poor guy, you know, he's, he's, he's struggled all his career to establish himself. Got a horrific injury. He's come back and he's really shown himself to be quite a classy player. Um, the three-quarter line... You know, the, Tupo is an established. I mean, he's played, he's played high level, um, but he's you know we, while he's good under the high ball, sometimes he's got mistake in him. Josh Morris has been an outstanding player, but you know he's right at the back end of his career. Kieran played really well last week, but he's not what you'd call a first string centre. And Ikevalu. Is solid, but again, not what you'd call a, a high quality winger. They've got one of the one of the, the greats of, of rugby league in Tedesco at fullback. Um they got the job done really well last week, that back line against the Raiders. Um they come up against a team who's won ten games and lost fourteen games, yet makes the finals. Um but the thing about that is, for the Gold Coast, they're at the same level as the Roosters as far as they win this game. They're in the week two of the finals. It's a long time, I think, since the Gold Coast have been in week two of the finals, if, if at all, in, um, under their, you know, under their being the Titans. They may have, but um, they don't do it very often. The Roosters are an established club who... I used to play in finals football. 
the Gold Coast, for a lot of these players, I dare say it might be their first crack at playing finals football. They've got some stars in the team. Um, Tino Fasua Malaawi is a premiership winner with the Storm. He's a big game player. He is the guy who's got to lead this team, even though he's not the captain. Um, if the Gold Coast are any chance, he's got to be one of the best players on the field. They've got David Fafita on the bench, who at his best is an absolute dynamo wrecking ball. He can win you this game. Um, so he's crucial. And I dare say he'll be targeting a few of those guys in the Roosters' back line, um, running wide. We know what he can do. He's almost unstoppable when he gets ahead of steam up. The guy who impressed me most last week was Jaden Campbell. Uh, he is really uh, a really, really good player. Son of the mercurial Preston Campbell, who was 5'8 the night the Panthers won the competition in 2003. I see a lot of uh, Preston in this guy, uh, his son, Jaden. Uh, he's got that X factor about him. He's a skinny kid. He don't look like a rugby league player. You look at him, he's just almost skin and bone. He gets the job done. Um, they are missing their other X factor player in AJ Brimson. Brimson's been out for a few weeks. Really unfortunate for him and a team indeed that, that Brimson's not available, but um, the Titans, we know they can score tries. And last week, they actually kept the team to zero, which was very untitan like Their defense has been mediocre at best uh, in overall this year. But they got the job done last week. They would have got a lot of confidence out of that. They are a chance in this game. They're not without a chance because, as I mentioned, I don't see too much danger in the Roosters' back line. But um, I've got to stick with the Roosters simply because, again, they are an established team in finals football who knows how to get the job done. They've got a high-quality coach in Trent Robinson, and I, I just think they get the job done, Shane. Oh, Griffo, what can I add? That was uh, absolutely comprehensive. Well done, mate. Uh, a couple of things I can add. For memory, and this is purely for memory. Correct me if I'm wrong, anyone in rugby league land. I think the Titans have played five finals NRL games and they've won only one. So they have not progressed further than week one. Uh, then, you know, they've progressed further than week one, but haven't done any better than that. Um, uh, so they've only won one finals game. Uh, if someone wants to correct me, um, I'm happy to have that. Um, I'm pretty sure that would be as the Titans too. Um, what can I add, Griff? Far out. You were really comprehensive. I, 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 I call this uh, game the Robbo factor. I, I think Trent Robinson is just going to play the coach's game in this in, in, in this game for the for the for the uh, Roosters. Interestingly. Um, the punters are giving the Titans the uh, the same amount of chances beating the Roosters as South have of beating the um, of beating the Panthers, and not much better than the the the, the, the Manly side have beating the um, 
the uh, Storm. I, I, I look. I just think Trent Robinson. He's just going to play. He's going to have the 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 Roosters playing a brand of football which will win them this game. What will lose the game for the for the Roosters is if they go away from the game plan. They're going to have defensive structures for all the trick shots that might come about. Um, that look, the, the Tigers can throw up. They can throw up some trick shots. I just think that the top, I think the Roosters will just have every duck in a row, and the only thing that's going to ruin it for the for the Roosters is if they go away from script. The minute they go away from script, I think the Titans going to punish them. But they're a disciplined side. Trent Robinson is an extremely good coach. I I, I think this is a uh, Roosters win. Only just. I don't think it's as clear-cut as what everyone thinks. I think this is going to come down to another close game with the Roosters winning by a nose, Graham. Yeah. Or winning by a beak. By a beak. beak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's sort of one of those ones where I think a lot of people are hanging on the fact that the Roosters are a team that's got finals experience, they're built for finals, and you just don't get the feeling that a team like the Roosters and a coach like Trent Robinson won't be prepared uh, for this finals game, and they they just seem to get it right. It's it's interesting, um, you know. Shane was talking about the Titans and their um, their finals history. Uh, they've only ever won one finals match. That is correct. Uh, that game, Shane, would have been the twenty ten qualifying final against the Warriors. Yep, um, they did. They beat the Warriors. So this is their fourth finals campaign as the Titans. Um, they actually have met before in the finals, these two. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing out all the stats here. They uh, they last met in 2010 um, in that final series, and the Roosters did them 32 points to six. The last meeting between these two sides was a bit of a famous meeting Um especially, you know, for fans of both of these teams, they'll remember it well that it was the match where the Roosters won 35-34 up on the Gold Coast in round 14. Um, It was an interesting game because it was one of those ones where, um, yeah, it was 30-4 with about 30 minutes to go. Um, You know, the, the Titans came back, looked, you know, that that was a different team at a different stage. I don't think we can look too much into that. Um, but I think Titans fans will say, look, we've played this team before and we've, you know, we've, we've pushed them to the limit. The Roosters in finals football is a totally different beast. Um, I, I said last week, if this team was at full strength, they'd be premiership favourites, if you ask me. Um, they've, they've been through a lot of adversity I, I see the Canberra oh, sorry, the Canberra sorry the um the Roosters winning this week sorry I was thinking about what they did last week I see the Roosters winning this week I don't see a Trent Robinson coach Roosters side um showing up to a final against a team with the indifferent form we've seen in the Titans and not getting the jobs done 
But uh, yeah, I, I think they win. I'd I'd be pretty confident in backing them to go through to the next round. Uh, the only silver lining, I suppose, for Titans and Titans fans is that uh, I don't think many punters are going to give them much of a chance, and uh, they might take an attitude into this game that they've got nothing to lose, and and uh, I hope that they uh, they really give it to the Roosters and make a match of it. But um, I agree with you, fellas. I see the Roosters. Uh, winning this one and having a really strong performance. I have a question, a couple of questions, actually. There's Shano, you, you've got yep. knowledge of many things, <laughs> yep. um, including things relating to agriculture. Yeah. Now, we've got the rooster. It's got that blubbery thing above its head, a rooster. What would they call yep. that? You that's know, a cone. A cone. Yeah, that's okay. a cone. That's yep. a cone, Okay. Well, hopefully uh, there'll be no cones being smoked on uh, Saturday no. afternoon. But okay, so uh, the thing... sorry, C O M B. Oh, comb. Yeah, oh, comb. like a comb we over. Yeah, we can understand. We can understand, Griffo, that you don't understand what a comb is. All right, so I think I think the Roosters might do the comb over on the on the uh, Titans. One thing they'll be missing out of this game, which is sort of a bit sad, is, and we know it well, we love it, and that's the giggity-jiggity sign. That uh, because of COVID, we probably won't see jiggity-giggity in the crowd. But I know there'll be a a young man uh, who's been taking that wonderful sign for years. He'll have it up at home. Um, Hopefully they can scream to him like they did for a while there to the home fans and jiggity jiggity will will uh, will be there as part of the finals as it normally is. Yeah. Well it beats it beats you know on a turkey that bit of skin from the nose. That's called a snood. A snood. Yeah. Snood. So there you go. There's oh, there a couple of agricultural things there. Well, kind of is... things are listed in a carpool <laughs> league, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> what a thing. I only I knew oh, I saw a picture of a turkey today and and my daughter said, what's that thing you call hangover's nose? And I just said, it's called the snood. Snood. Well, I've learned something I didn't know about, which is we've gone to snood school this afternoon. That's right. There you go. So uh, the main things to take away from that, the roosters will win. And, uh, yeah, if you can use snood in a sentence tomorrow, you're a Gobble, superstar. gobble. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Not giggity, giggity. <laughs> gobble, 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 giggity, giggity. Giggity. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I think the Giggity Giggity guy <laughs> yeah. was actually a Newtown fan to begin with. Because so, right. although maybe maybe it was when Newtown were the junior feeder club for the Roosters. Because oh, okay. I yeah. saw him at Henson Park with a Newtown jersey on. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I've seen him wearing a Newtown jersey. It, oh, it might like not have been at Henson Park, actually. It might have been at the final. Uh, either way, he was wearing a new Town Jets jersey. I think he's a blue doctor. Bags. He looks like a doctor. I bet he is. Doctor Giggity Jiggity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, far out. You imagine going here for an examination to feel if, good. Mate, if his actual name is Quagmire, oh. I'll eat my hat. I'd love to have him on Carpool Rugby League one day. Oh, Imagine if we could track that hunter down. We've got, to, we've got to get him on Carpool Rugby League. Giggity, jiggity. I love, I love that sign. I'll, 
You just oh, know yeah. it's roosters when you see it that is, sign. It is. You know what? Isn't it's it funny? The club's been it's around. I've often said that the, <laughs> the, the, the Dragons had all the signs in the world. GST, Ennis the Menace, you know, all their, all their flying V. And then giggity, giggity, just, just, is the Stephen Bradbury of signs where, 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 where St. George had all these signs that would just litter, um, uh, a cobra oval, and then he comes in with giggity giggity. It is just uh, funny. It's 114 good. years of history, and the best thing we can do for the Roosters is a bloke with a Family Guy <laughs> sign. <laughs> yeah, but it is good, isn't it? It's like smooth. it's rugby league. It's the people's game. <laughs> it's like a come over and a. It's smooth. like it's it's like having the best nude in the turkey house. Absolutely. We've got to get that guy next year on, on, our, on our show. Giggity, jiggity. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. All right, guys. Well, um, in saying that, we've got another game to preview. We do. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, we're all... We've all been aware that this game has been this coming. Is, this is... No, for, for the three people in this... In this, in this uh, chat it's fairly important yeah so we've got some uh we've got another big game this week this is one of those games that we've known um we've it hasn't been official and locked in for for a few weeks obviously but for 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 quite a while we've been looking forward to this as it has been the likely uh matchup between second and third uh this week on saturday night 750 kickoff at uh Country Bank Stadium in Queensland. That's up at Townsville. Uh, this is the second half of that double header. The Penrith Panthers, the second place Panthers, will take on the third place South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, in regards to the team news for the Panthers, uh, there's one force change for them. Uh, I'll be interested to hear Griffo's thoughts on this one. Um, Scott Sorensen has been replaced by uh, Lenu on the bench. Um, it was a nasty injury. It looks like a real painful one. And uh, we wish him all the best, Scott Sorensen. From what I'm hearing, it was a dislocation um, in the distal part of his arm. So uh, looking at where the uh, radius and ulna um, uh, articulate with the carpal. So looking at yeah, the wrist to the it's forearm. Like there. I was going to say. Not a carpal. Is, is that the wrist, Graham? Yeah, yes, yes, the wrist. It's like when you listen to too much carpal rugby league, it's carpal tunnel syndrome. Oh, so, uh, but no, he's had a dislocation there from what I've heard. Um, very, very painful where the um, the bones of the wrist have uh, uh, dislocated from the uh, the forearm bones. So we wish Scott Sorensen all the best because he was doing well. And, uh, oh, it's big loss, big loss. Yeah, uh, you know, and I'll go through the Rabbitohs team in a second, but I, I just wanted to, to make a point there that... He's one of those players that we haven't heard a lot about, and he's been performing really well in one of the top clubs. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to send a shout-out to Scott Sorensen because it really is unlucky for him because if it wasn't for that injury, uh, I'm sure he would have been somewhere in the side this week. Uh, for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, uh, similar to uh, the Storm and the like where they rested players last week. So a lot of these names I'm calling out that are returning to the squad are players who were arrested last week or uh, even suspended in some cases. So to basically uh, sum it up, we've got Alex Johnson back, Dane Gagai, 
are Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, Damian Cook, Tom Burgess, Dry Arrow, Cameron Murray, and uh, Keon Kalama Tungy. Those players are all being added to the side that played last week. Uh, the changes within the team from the players who played last week include uh, Benji Marshall and Jacob Host dropping to the bench. Um, you'll notice some of those young young superstars from last week, like Lachlan Ilias, have been uh, rewarded with a spot on the extended bench. Uh, as to Jed Cartwright, who played last week, uh, some of the uh, notable omissions from the overall 21 squad, um, Tane Milne, who's played some time in this uh, team. Jackson Paulo has been given the nod over um, him for that wing spot. The big talk was obviously about who would play fullback for Latrell Mitchell. Blake Taff has been entrusted with that position, uh, given that he has played fullback just about all his life. That's the uh, the position for him, and they've uh, entrusted him to do so this week. Jared Sutton is the referee, video referee Alan Shortle. The uh, finals equation here, the winner gets a week off. The loser is going to face the winner of the Eels and Knights clash. Um, I'll jump to Shano first of all, just to get your thoughts on... Yep. Um, I know you're going to give a... Uh, a good indication of both teams here, but we know that uh, South Sydney are one of those teams that you follow quite closely. And we actually go back to when they played Penrith previously. One of the criticisms you had of the side then was the omission of Jaden Sewer. Jaden Sewer starting this week. Thoughts on uh, the inclusion of Jaden Sewer in the side and what he might add given uh, what you've seen over the past few weeks when he's been a part of the squad? Yeah, Graham. I, I, I was really frustrated when he wasn't part of the squad because I thought, you know, it's okay to have a guy like Benji Marshall there if he's going to be used. If he's not going to be used, you need another forward. And um, Jaden Silver was, to me, the perfect fit. Um, I look at this forward pack um, and, and look, with, you know, this is with Tom Burgess on Jay Arrow on the bench. I think this is a really strong forward pack for South Sydney, and it has to be. They're up against Laota, Coruscant, Fisher-Harris, Kickout, Tatewell, and Yo. That is the premier forward pack in the NRL. That is a exceptional forward pack. Um, their stats um, are second to none. It's absolutely outstanding. Um, when you look at the halves, I think, you know, I know a lot of a lot's been made on Adam Reynolds leaving and what look it's splitting hairs. I think Nathan Cleary is the best half in the game, um, so I'm not going to shy away from that. I think he, I think he is just brilliant at um, at moving the side around. When he when he was playing South Sydney last time, that second half from him was sublime. That was something that um, was just absolutely outstanding. Um, Look, the, the guy I want to look at, if I'm going to talk about South Sydney, is, is Jackson Paulo. Um, you know, I think a lot's being made of Blake Taft in the last two weeks, and is he going to be the weakest link? Blake Taft, in his junior football and coming through, is an exceptional rugby league player. He, look, is he a finals rugby league player? I don't know. We're going to find out. I, I look at, I, but he is a very talented rugby league player. 
Jackson Paulo for me is just a player that seems to it seems to it seems to wax and wane out of games. I think that come finals, sometimes there's one player that can really cause an issue, and it could be him. I think for South Sydney, that's the weakest link. When I look through this Penrith side, <coughs> there's no real weak links. But I will say, um, you know, I think I think when you look at the bench of Host, Burgess and Arrow, plus Benji, Kenny, Linu, um, Pangai Jr. and Martin, that might be where South Sydney might have um, might have it by a nose. Uh, I don't know the name of a rabbit's nose, so I'm just going to call it a nose. Um, so it's not snoot. It's just not snoot. <laughs> that's right. Look, that's under the, the nose. The guy, the guy that I think is going to come to the forefront of this game is Matt Burton. Um, Matt Burton is someone who has found a lot of space on the back of really good forward pack running on the on the halves splitting the defence and finding that he is there ready and waiting. To show you the class of this side, um, people like Charlie Staines and Brett Naden are on the reserves, you know, and, and we're talking about them, you know, this time last year they were – they were mainstays. I, I really am salivating over this game. It, it's going to be a very good game to watch. South Sydney uh, can win this by controlling the forwards, by Damian Cook being very strategic out of dummy half, being strategic in defence and utilising, and this is not taking anything away from Isaiah Yo, but utilising... Um, Oh, look, Isaiah Yo is one of the best locks in the game, and he's playing another great lock in Cameron Murray, who is also one of the best locks in the game. They've got to utilise that. Jaden Sewer has to turn up in run metres. Colin Matungi, he needs to just find those edges and offload. And when I look at um, Alex Johnson, he is the best finisher in the league. Um, the amount of tries he scored this year has proven that. Um I, I just think that, you know, a lot of people are talking about the gloss of this game because of Latrell Mitchell. I think that's a load of BS. You know, this game, there's a lot to play for. There's two teams that are at the height of their craft at the moment. The Rabbits can just score points at will. Uh, Blake Taft has one of the best uh, passing games in junior football, if not the best. Um, so he he elevates that he elevates that as a fullback um, for this side. He is playing a team that's just out of this world at the moment. Look, it's going to hurt me to say it. I'm I can't see Penrith losing this game, um, but. Uh, I will say this. This will be another game that goes down to the wire. I just think that Nathan Cleary's kicking game on the back of Jerome Luai's running game, it's just going to cause South Sydney a few headaches. When Kikau and Capewell and Yo start chiming in, I just think that, sadly, they just needed a... They just need a... They need a Latrell Mitchell, and they don't have it. That's not saying South can't win, 
Um, but it, it just makes that job a lot harder. And whilst Blake Taft is a fine young proposition, um, he's probably 12 to 18 months away from, from, from being the powerhouse that he can be. So it, it's going to be up to Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds to absolutely run this side around. Can I just give a shout out? If Damien Cook, you know, I, I put myself through the uh, pain of watching last year's game against Penrith. And then I started watching the year before and the year before that, year before Roosters, uh, was it Roosters? Yeah, year before that, um, uh, Raiders. And it one thing was evident was that Damien Cook in these games just seems to flounder at times because he's doing so much defence. I think this is the game I would love to see Damien Cook put his stamp on and just say, you know, if we can knock Penrith out this week, it's going to have to be down to him. But I just don't see that happening, Griffo. I think um, I think Penrith might get the chockies here. Thank you, Shane. Uh, very comprehensive. Um, I do agree. I think Penrith will win this game. Um, they've got close to their best side. Um, as mentioned, uh, poor old Scott Sorensen, who's been absolutely wonderful since he broke into the team. Unfortunately, he's, he's out. For, unfortunately for him and for the team. The other guy who's missing from last week is, is Tyrone May. And I, I just think he offers a bit more on the bench than Mitch Kenny. Um, Kenny's yeah. a so, solid player. I, I was surprised, Rafael, at his... Oh, he's mission. injured. He's injured. Okay. Um, yeah. So he's not he's not listed in the 21 because of injury. Uh, I just think he gives you that option of, of playing um, in, the, in the back row uh, or in the halves or indeed in the centres. I just... Bit more versatile. Uh, Mitch Kenny is a really solid player. He'll give hundred percent, but I, I don't. He's, he doesn't worry the opposition. Um, and speaking of worrying the opposition, uh, as a Penrith supporter, the guy that the, there's always two guys when I'm playing the Rabbitohs or when when my team is playing the Rabbitohs that concern me most, and that is Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell. And uh, unfortunately for the Rabbitohs, there's only Cody Walker there of those two guys. Um, the Rabbitohs are a very solid team. I've got great respect for Cameron Murray. He's an outstanding player. But I don't think he wins or loses. You know, I don't think he wins the game for you. He keeps you in the game for sure. Um, but I just think in terms of a guy that can, can pull a win... When, when the game's, you know, in a clutch moment, Walker's, Walker's that man, um, as is, as is uh, Luttrell Mitchell. And I just think without Luttrell there, I just think it does, does make it a little bit easier for, for Penrith to, to concentrate their defence, which is going to be all focused on Walker. Um, we know that Alex Johnson, as Shane said, he's the best finisher in the game. Um, there must have been some thought about putting him to fullback, but um, look, South Sydney. I've got great respect for South Sydney. I think they're one of the elite teams in the competition. I just think you take out 
a guy like Mitchell from any of the top sides, you take out one of your top stars and it does make it harder to beat beat the, the elite teams. This South Sydney team beats probably probably 12 of the other NRL sides. Um, uh, but uh, I just think Penrith, uh, the, the team they've got in the field and, and what they showed in the second half last week, um, it was a good good run against, you know, Parra provided opposition in the first half, but in the second half, they just showed their class. And I think that was the perfect lead-in uh, into this semifinal game. And I just think Penrith probably have got this game. I don't think it'll be a big victory, but I think they will probably get the bonnies this week. Yeah. Um, if you look at all of the... Um... The history, the lead-in, um, I think, you know, I mean, th- these teams only played a few weeks ago. Um, Penrith got the job done. It was round 23, I think, at Suncorp. It was 25 to 12, uh, despite the Rabbitohs starting well early. Um, the Panthers' class was able to, to shine through. The Rabbitohs have struggled to beat the Panthers over the past few years. Um we, we, we talk about even with Luttrell, it'd be tough to tip the Rabbitohs against the Panthers. There, there isn't really anything that I can say that's coming from my head. Uh, I'll speak from the head, not the heart here, that would indicate that um, it's, it's hard to justify a Rabbitohs win if you're doing your tipping comps here, guys. Um, I, I will help you guys out here in regards to... Um, in regards to your your tipping and the finals and how we're going to go, you'd have to be very brave and have to uh, have a lot more insight than any three of us to say that the Rabbitohs uh, will win this game. Um, I think that the Panthers, the the Panthers and the Storm are well ahead of any other competition, uh, any other team in this competition. Um, and, and, and the Panthers have shown, especially now that Nathan Cleary's back in the side, that, uh, that they are a top quality team. Um, I'm predicting a close game. It could be Panthers by six or eight, but, um, yeah, even as a diehard South Sydney fan to, to say that the Rabbitohs with my head, based on what I've seen this season, should win this game would be be very tough to do. Penrith are going into this game as uh, quite hot favourites. Uh, they deserve to be favourites. Um, sports bets got them at a dollar twenty five to the Rabbitohs four dollars. Um, Crazy. Don't know. Crazy. If they're, not, they're not that hot. No. But um, look, if you're a Rabbitohs fan like race. myself, yeah, it's it, it it's very interesting to 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 see those odds there. That gives an indication. I I, I don't. I don't read a lot into the odds there. We only read them out for you guys because it gives an indication as to what um, you know the betting agencies and some of the punters are saying. If you want to see something crazy, look at the manly odds. Yeah, that's a, that's another one too. I mean, the fact What's that, that I haven't seen it. What, what uh, a dollar thirty-five to three twenty-five. Oh, that's crap. That's it's that's fifty-fifty bet for me. Well, they're basically saying that. Um, 
Yeah, look, what they're basically saying this week is that the Storm, Roosters, Panthers, and Eels are all about the same likelihood of, of winning this week. I disagree with those yeah. guys. Well, so, uh, the, the, like I said in my previous um, thing, hmm. the Roosters-Titans game, the odds are the same as the South-Penrith game. No, I, I would I, think... I think both games are much... I wouldn't say they're 50-50, but are they much closer than, than yeah. what they're, they're putting it? Yeah. yeah. The only thing as a... Um, you know, in regards to the Rabbitohs, uh, I think one of the things that's very interesting going into this game, we've talked a lot about Latrell Mitchell. Uh, people have talked about Blake Taff. Uh, a lot of people are saying that South will lose a lot, and you, you can't argue that, um, you know, Latrell Mitchell and, and Blake Taff, you, 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 it's... You know, you, you've got one of the best players in the game and then you've got a youngster with a lot of promise coming in. Um, a bit of in, bit of interesting talk in the media. Um, for, for me as a South fan, I was almost not going to bring up Blake Taff because I, I think the more the media played down his importance to this team, the better for South Sydney. Um, I, I, I think he's, he's up to the job. He's no Luttrell, I'm not saying that. I think he's up to the job. Um, I think it's only one Latrell. That's true. That, yeah, and that's true. And you're not going to replace him. But you know, I, I saw last night on a few media outlets a lot of talk and uh, talk about you know targeting the fullback and Nathan Cleary. To his credit, was um, you know quite honest and and diplomatic, saying that you know he gave him some credit, but obviously with any fullback that's coming in, you're going to test them with the high ball, so on and so forth. Um, you know. We'll, we'll see how he goes. Blake Taff is a fullback. It's not as though they're they're taking someone who doesn't play that position, putting him there. Um, you know, I, I just hope that he comes into it with a nothing-to-lose attitude because, you know, if he stuffs up and has an absolute shocker, I don't think it's going to be... Um, you know, I, I, people aren't expecting him to set the world on fire. People are already downplaying his importance to this team. It's a, it's a, but they're massive shoes to fill. Penrith, Penrith should win this game, but I think it'll be a, a really great finals game. All right, moving on to the final game of the weekend. Uh, it's the Parramatta Eels taking on the Newcastle Knights. This one's going to happen at Brown Park in Rockhampton. Um, after talking about the Rabbitohs and Panthers, the loser of the Rabbitohs and Panthers will take on the winner of this game in week two of the finals and uh, at Mackay. At Mackay, yes. Shout out, out, shout out to Panther Ash. He's very excited. Panther All... Ash is very excited. He yeah. he doesn't want to want to, He doesn't want to see the Panthers in that second week at Mackay, but who knows? Yeah. So we'll talk about it in a moment. But all of the second week games are happening in Mackay. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's the game on Friday and the game on Saturday. What about has... what about Berghofer Toowoomba with the bread place? And they go and play there. <laughs> no, well, for the for the rest of the finals, to give everyone an indication, obviously we've got the um the uh the the games happening at the we've got Friday at Sunshine Coast this week. We've got the double header at uh, Townsville. We've got Sunday at Rockhampton. Week two, both Friday and um, Saturday games are going to happen at Mackay. 
And then week three, uh, both games are at Suncorp with the big one happening at Suncorp on October 3. So well, they've shafted uh, the Gold Coast for the semifinals. Yeah, so, yes. Strange. Too, it's too close to quality the stadium there. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. True. They've got a, it's great. They underutilized, Griff. Uh, as someone who's been there, I'm telling you now, mate. It's a nice stadium. It look, is. Uh, I, I was look, actually... No disrespect to Mackay, but why two? No. Well, well, not, not, not that you didn't choose it, but okay, yeah, maybe take one game there, but play one in the Gold Coast. Did it, I, it can fit I, more people. Uh, Harrod, almost Harrod Park's argue. not next door, mate. Harrod Park's not next door. Uh, We're yeah. going to go after the game. I think a better argument might have even been for the Week 3 finals for the preliminary games. I That's agree. what I'm saying. Uh, I can't understand. Some I, if this is over the yeah. Titans being in the finals, I think it's a joke. Yeah. Oh, they're not going to make it past. They're not I know. Make it I to know. week three of the finals. Oh, might, if they're saying, "Oh, because the Titans might have home ground," you're kidding yourselves. Yeah. yeah. I think oh, the, okay. the only Good thing I could try Good and logically like it doesn't do much for it doesn't say much for Mackay, and obviously people in Mackay love it. The week three fixtures, the week before the grand final. Given that both of them are in Brisbane and the grand finals in Brisbane, that makes sense to me because um, you'd want the week before the grand final to be in the same place as the grand final, should there have yeah. to be any um, you know, quarantine, so on and so forth. Look, basically the, the players Training. will be well the players will be in Brisbane within fourteen days of the grand final, regardless of who yeah. plays. I don't think that's an accident. No, no, no. But, you know, the flight to Mackay, and, and do you know what? I'm going to give Mackay credit. They don't have any COVID cases. They can have no. a game. So Try. they can have both games. Um, look, both games next week are going to be in Mackay. They we can digress go a little bit. They can, they can go around. They can, they can, they can go Serena. They can, yeah. they can, they can go Yelungula. They can see a couple of platypus at Yelungula. It's, mate, they've got a, they've got a day out there. What's that pub on the, um, Oh, no, Omeo Hotel. Omeo? Then, then oh, go Omeo for a, a good spot? Yeah, yes, beverage. yes. Anyway. Yes. Um, and then back to Harrop Park. Yes. Look, <laughs> we've talked a lot about Mackay. Um, we're not too far away. We're still in that sort of central Queensland area in uh, Rockhampton with this week's game with the Parramatta Eels and the Newcastle Knights. Now, looking forward to, um, you know, Week three, you'd imagine that the uh, the loser of South Penrith would take on the winner of Parramatta Newcastle on the Saturday, given the turnarounds and obviously the Storm and um, Manly loser playing the Roosters Titans winner on the Friday. That would make logical sense with the turnarounds. But obviously, we've got uh, this week to talk about first. And for Parramatta, um, it's very similar in regards to the Rabbitohs. They've got... Plenty of stars coming back. Gutherson, Nakore, um, Brown, Brown, Paulo, Moses, Blake, Papali'i, they're all back. Um, Campbell Gillard, he's back after a layoff from a groin, groin injury. Um, look, that's going to push Smith and Cartwright to the bench. Um, the only thing that I thought was a bit interesting this week, um, I don't know if you guys will comment on it, uh, one player who is in the squad but not the 17 is Ryan Madison. Parramatta fans who may have only looked at the top 17 will notice that he's yeah. number 18 this week. 
a very interesting choice and something that would be uh, be great to get your thoughts on, fellas. But yeah, it's um, got to be injury related, shortly. Sure. Yeah, because he's he he's coming back from suspension, isn't he? Oh, so okay. mm, I don't know. Will, will he will he take Makatola's place? Could do. That that's basically what I was thinking. You guys because Will Smith, Will Smith, you know, if you need that late injection of just speed, whatever, I don't know whether you'd remove him, but Macat. But the problem is, you then got to, you've then you've then reduced. You know, it's the skinny bench, and mm. they're going. There's going to be a lot of defence. You got Frizzell. Oh, oh, you talk, Ray. Sorry, I'm. I'm sort of taken over, but no, yeah, it's, I'll, I'll throw it's, it to you in a minute, yeah. Shane, because you've got some great points there because there's plenty to unpack with this one, especially considering the Knights. Um, you know, some of the Newcastle Knights fans that have stuck with us through the podcast for the last couple of hours are probably saying that I didn't give them enough credit earlier on when um, I was talking about their loss to the Broncos. It, for them, it could well be a, a, a totally different kettle of fish this week, given the fact that um, we've got both Daniel and Jacob Saifidi coming back into the team. Um, Braley, Hunt, Frizzell, Suasu, Sue, Barnett. There's some, some um, you know, serious personnel coming back. Uh, Chris Randall, who was uh, at hooker last week, he's not going to be there for the rest of the season. Um, his yeah, thumb is bugging. injury, yeah. Yeah, he's got to have surgery on that. Um, just to keep everyone across what's happening with the whistle, Ashley Klein's going to referee this one, and Grant Atkins is going to sit upstairs and video referee. As I said, the winner of this one's going to face a loser of Penrith South in the qualifying final. Um, the team that gets done here is out. Uh, Shana, you had some good points there that I wouldn't mind you expanding on. Um, we, I've I've talked a lot about Parramatta in this podcast and the fact that we can't write them off, but um, there's some personnel coming back for both teams this week. Yeah, I agree, Graham. And and uh, I suppose the first thing I was going to bring up with Parramatta is their bench: um, Smith, Cartwright, Papali'i, and um, Makatoa. Um, when you look down, there's there's two players, or you know, even if you wanted to look at um, Oregon Kafusi. Uh, Madison and Opacek, who, um, you know, like Ryan Madison really needs to be in this top 17 if he's fit. The big question is, do you, do you put Will Smith in? Do you, do you leave Will Smith in? Um, knowing that Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses, maybe have Will Smith there to cover Ray Stone if he needs replacing. Not a great defender, but um, that is Will Smith. But but can still you know, I suppose if it's twenty minutes to go and you're down by twelve, throwing him on might inject a few things. The thing I the reason why I bring this up is um, you've got um, Suaso Sue Clemmer King and Jones. Uh, they're all forwards. They're they're either props or second rowers. If you look at the if you look at the the forward pack for um, the Knights. You got the Sofiti brothers. You got Braley, Frizzell, Barnett, Watson. They're going. They they can have the potential to reap some havoc. It means that the opposition in Parramatta have to do a lot of tackling. I just don't see where Will Smith. If Will Smith's a cover, 
I just don't see what the purpose is there. In my opinion, Madison has to play. I think you've got to you've got to rely on the fact. Look, if you look at you know you look at who the reserves are for 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 the um, Knights, you know as much as, you know from 18, 19, 20, 21, as, as good as they are, they're not getting a run, and and as good as they are, they're actually not backs. You know, like Will Smith, who's 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 you know I suppose his signature role is fullback, but you've got um, you've got Gutherson in there. He will play in the halves, but Dylan Brown and Moses, you you go to halves. I, I really think that if they ran one to seventeen, that is a lesser side, and the Knights have a chance. Take Will Smith out of the equation and put Madison in. All of a sudden, the interchange just locks up and shores up what, what Parramatta have. Um, Makatoa, um, although, you know, he is is a good player, my question is, I think he's only played about four games. Um, you know, do you want to just keep Will Smith in your pocket just in case you need that injection of, of speed, of talent, of, of energy? This is where you have a side that's already in trouble. If you're keeping Will Smith in the pocket because you might need an ejection of energy, you're telling me that come 60 minutes, you're either just going to be in the game or down by 12. I really think Will Smith needs to go and ride Ryan Madison needs to be in. You need to have faith in your one to 50, one to 13 to do the job. Um, and if you really think Will Smith is that important to you, we'll chuck him in at number three. And, um, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you got him on the field. I, I, I just look at, you know, and that's my problem with, with, with Parramatta. I'm not sold on Ray Stone. Um, you know, he's had a lot of appearances this year. He's played seven games, he scored one try. Um, you know, he's he, he doesn't offer what, what would normally be on a hooker, Shane. That's my no, opinion, that's Shane. and that's the thing. I just, he's I'm a just good not, buck roll, not sold on it, Griff. And I agree with you. And that's why and, Will Smith's there, but we'll just put him in ways, the nine if, and, if you want, you know. And you're right, you're right. And in some ways, I'm sort of saying, you know, if Will Smith needs to be there. We'll put Will Smith at number nine and then and then throw Ryan Madison up and then put Ray Stone. Yeah, it, it, it's already it's a bits of side. Just with a bit of tweaking can be a solid side. I I look at the the, the Knights. Uh, I look at Ponga, Best, Hunt, Clifford, Pierce. Their forward pack is solid. And then their their bench is just so settled with um, Suasa, Sue, Clemmer, King, and Jones. Look, I the more I look at this game, and boys, I've got to tell you now, it was flip of the coin. And the more I look at this game, the more I think about certain positional changes for Parramatta. If I'll tell you now, okay, and I'll go out and I'll live. If they're one to seventeen. I'm picking the Knights. And I'm picking the Knights because I think that if Caelan Ponga, Kurt Mann, 
Bradman Best, Heimel Hunt, Jake Clifford, Pierce, Sasaifidi, Braley, and Daniel Sasaifidi of the Daniel kind, Frizzell, Barnett, and Connor Watson can actually play some decent football and play to their potential. They will outdo this side because I don't think Ray Stone is a hooker. I really think that Madison needs to be in the in the side. Let me say this. If Madison is in the side, if Will Smith can start a hooker, then all of a sudden I'm leaning towards Parramatta. As it sits 1-17, to 17, boys, that's all I can adjudicate on. I'm picking the Knights because I just think that some of the positional things they've got here just do not suit. Nathan Brown will play a good game. I like Sean Lane. Junior Paulo is a fantastic player. Regan Campbell-Gillard needs to find the form that he found at the start of the year. And uh, Clint Gutherson really needs to come up to the forefront. Um, look, I, 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 it's just my opinion, but there is a part of me that says 1-17, to 17, every player playing their role, the Knights have this griff. I know I sound crazy, but that's just the way it is. Not crazy at all, Shane. Um, look, uh, the guy missing from Paro, the number nine, is Reed Marnie. Um, he loss. is a massive loss. Massive loss. Yeah. Um, you know, Ray Stone, he's, he's a good back rower, but he's not a dummy half. Um, he's a stoned. The alternative is Will Smith. Now, he can be rocks or diamonds. So the, there's a lot of geology going on with those guys. Um, but what you don't have is, is a pure number nine, pure dummy half. Gets, the, gets these big Parramatta forwards running onto the ball, which, which Reed Marnie does very well. Um, and Reed Marnie's kicking out dummy half. Yeah. It's a blind. Uh, it's, it's such a loss. Such a loss. Um, Newcastle, they're an up and down side. On paper, they look quite strong. Um, they've got the star power of Ponga. They've got the organization and, and, and experience of Pierce. They've got the X factor of Best. Um, they've got the power in the forwards of the Safiti brothers, Frizzell, Barnett. You've got Clemmer listed to come off the bench. Whether he's fit or not, we'll see. But then you've got King. Jones, Swastle. So they're all solid. Um, my concern with the with the bench for Newcastle is is there's not a lot of um, uh, not a lot of skill there. Um, and if someone goes down in the backs, um, you've got a bit of a problem. I know you've got Connor Watson at thirteen, but yeah, I, I don't know what their options are. Whether Phoenix Crosland uh, might be better suited to a bench spot than than either a, a King or Jones, or, but that's up to the coach. Um, look, I, I'm going to tip Para without any confidence. I, I just think, I think over overall this year they've been a better rugby league team. I, I, I look back to the to the game two weeks ago. They did beat the Melbourne Storm. Um, Newcastle are more than capable of winning this game. They've got a really good bunch of players but you just don't know what you're going to get with them they're not consistent um i'll i'm gonna tip para with no confidence would not surprise me 
Um, for Newcastle to win, I think Kalen Pong has probably got to be the best player on the field. Um, I think the forwards pretty much cancel themselves out. And I look at the Newcastle backline, I actually think they've got a better backline than Parramatta. It's just with Newcastle, it's it's their... It's 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 just you just don't know you can't bank on them. Um, I'm gonna I'm I have to do a tip, and for that reason I tip Para, but it will not surprise me at all if Newcastle get them, Graham. Yeah, I I like Para in this one. I I think you guys are very fair in giving Newcastle the the credit they deserve, and the thing that we've got to keep in mind too is whilst I heavily alluded to the fact that Parramatta has some um, some players coming back into their team this week. Uh, there's a lot of players also, too, coming back in for, for the Knights. I mean, to, to consider the, the Knights to be the same team with both Saifides, Hunt, Braley, Barnett, Sue, Frizzell, um, I think I've covered everyone there, uh, you know, out of the side last week would be very unfair to Newcastle. Um, it, it is tough with Parramatta. Parramatta are one of those teams where if we, you know, like, like I tried to, to point out earlier, Parramatta fans are going to try and pin their hopes on that performance against the Storm. Um, I Earlier on in the podcast, I played the, the role of the person who was advocating for the Parramatta fans there. But if we're looking at it um, realistically, over the past six to eight weeks, that performance was an outlier. Um, The Newcastle Knights, though, gee, it's tough. Look, to, to, to cut a long story short, I think the Parramatta Eels win. I think that... Um, out of the two teams, they've they've shown a bit more promise. They've shown that in big games they can show up. That's what I'm taking out of that Storm game. Uh, to say that they're more star-studded than the Knights, um, I'm not sure that that's that's fair. There's some stars across both teams, as you guys have said. Gutherson versus Ponga, great matchup. Um, Moses versus Pierce, love it. Even up front, we've got um, Campbell Gillard and the Paulos against the Siofides. Uh, look. I, I think this is that. I actually, I'm looking forward to this game. Um, I like Parramatta. I don't think they should be as hot favourites as uh, some people I are giving them. I don't think there are anything hot about it. I think nah. it's 50-50, Graham. But um, look, I, I'm going with Parramatta, but uh, I, I, I'm going to give the Newcastle fans uh, a lot of hope here. I think if they're big players, like you fellas said, if they show up, if the combination and experience we see with, you know, the experience with Pierce, but that combination with Ponga, um, you know, through that spine, and also I think uh, Jaden Braley, obviously a great player for them, uh, and a lot of experience with Frizzell, they're really going to to um, to give the Eels something to worry about. I've got, I'm tipping Parramatta in this one, uh, but if the Best Parramatta well, so, team possibly so shows up. diamonds in that back line for the Eels, Graham. There is. And look, Monster, to be honest with you... Blake, Ferguson... Ferguson struggled to make this team guy. for a long time. Yeah, look, it, 
all of those guys can play good good football, but gee, they can make some errors. Uh, I think it's uh, going to be up to the the halves, especially in Dylan Brown and Moses linking up with Gutherson. And I think that uh, Parramatta are going to hope that the roles of blokes like Dunster and uh, Ferguson are going to be finishing. I think they're they're going to really um, play their role as finishers this week, if anything. Um, But to be honest with you, um, one-on-one early ball goes out to the centres. I like the Newcastle centres. Yeah. I could grab my best one-on-one. I think it'll be hard to stop. I'm tipping Parramatta, but... Um, I'm being very I'm conservative in tipping yeah. Parramatta. Very conservative. Um, and then I look at the two teams and I think, why am I tipping Parra? I, I, look, um, I, I think Parra's the, the better of the two teams. Um, but all I want to basically say to Newcastle fans, especially Parramatta fans who are looking at last week's results saying, hey, the, the Broncos not this mob off. This isn't the same Knights team. Uh, they've got a lot of players coming back, as do Parramatta. Parramatta need, Parramatta need for the next four weeks. I don't know, four weeks is being very generous. They need for the next couple of weeks to harness that form they had against the Storm. But I don't know if they can do it week in, week out. This week, I think they'll lift uh, because it's finals and... Uh, yeah, I just I just worry about Parramatta putting in uh, performances in a row, but uh, I have a feeling this week might be their good week. I'll I'll give them the I'll give the Parramatta the win this with week. With Shane for the need for Matteson to be in that seventeen. I was so surprised available. When, when I looked through the teams in pre- preparation for tonight to put together my little blurb at the start of the game. I, I was dumbfounded that he wasn't in the side. I don't are they. Are they playing a little bit of mind games? You'd have to be. Surely he's in your best 17 if you're a Parramatta. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know Makatoa, the, you know, he, he, he's not just a dancer. He doesn't just do the Macarena. He can play rugby league, but I just think Matteson is a better option. There's there's plenty but, uh, to talk about here. There's, um, there's Makatoa there. There's the option of do you go with Four forwards on the bench. Yeah. And Will Smith makes. Waves. I think Opacek is a little bit unlucky too. Um, uh, but you know, I'm not the Parramatta coach, so yeah, I, I I do tip them only because they were higher up the ladder, and, and I just think what they showed against the Storm was mm. it was pretty good. Yeah, um, but you look through the para reserves, uh, Madison. Oregon Kafusi, Tom uh, Opechik, obviously Jake Arthur. Um, you know when when they're full strength, he doesn't have a role in the yeah. team. But they're they're all four blokes that have played uh, a bit of first grade. Oh, absolutely, this year. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, those guys are more than capable. Um, yeah, I'll go Parramatta. I'm 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 confident in Parramatta. I really next week's podcast I think is going to be big for me talking about Parramatta because. This will tell me a lot about where they're at. If Parramatta are going to be the team that some Para fans have said to me this week, we're the team that beat the Storm, they need to absolutely wipe the floor with the Knights. I think they'll win, but I don't think they wipe the floor with them. So uh, Again, yeah, I'm with you on that. I think it's going to be a pretty tight game. Yep. Um, 
the best player on the park is is wearing number one for the Knights. Yep. Um, yeah, it's fair call. Kyle Palmer. If, yeah, if he um, if he plays to his best, they, he'll get his team home um, in a close one. If he's not his best, power get there. All right, Griffith. Well, that's the uh, the round previewed. Uh, big games this week for the finals. Uh, one thing we did say we were going to touch on this week, and we might finish off with it, uh, just going through uh, each team and uh, how we feel as though they've um, they've placed in regards to the semester two report. Um, I I know you've been looking at each team very closely. Uh, I think I actually missed the. Um, the mid-season, the semester one uh, report card episode. Uh, for oh, really? Yeah, I, I feel as though I was uh, not on board for that one. I know you so, had some illness, at, you know, early in the year. Yeah, there was one or two that I missed that was uh, was unfortunate. But um, look, tonight we might just very quickly go through the uh, all of the teams in the uh, the competition. I'd be very interested to hear. Uh, the grading that you have given them now listeners at home please keep in mind um this is very similar to at school where you get the uh the two reports one halfway through the year and one at the end of the year there's semester one semester two so we're really looking at griffo how these teams have gone in the second half of the season um we're just going to run down the ladder uh the team that finished on the top of the ladder is the melbourne storm um where would you grade them on an a to e scale for their second half of the season Undoubtedly, they get an A. They won 11 yeah. games. They only lost the one game against the Eels. Um, they played some outstanding rugby league. We're talking about rounds 13 through to 25. Um, they get an A. 11 and 1, that is high quality. A for the Storm. Um, and uh, I had them at an A in, in semester one as well. So they're... Uh, they're a double A for yep. me. So, so looking at team number two, um, this is a team that's very close to your heart. As we said, the uh, the semester two starts at round 13, I think it would be. Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah. Now, the, the Panthers started off semester two in round 13, heavily affected by um, state of origin. I think the round 13 game would have been the loss to the Tigers, uh, and then they had the loss to the Sharks. Since then, um, they've had a, a really good run with um, a loss in there to the Storm. How do you see the Panthers? Because we know in semester one, um, they were they were an absolute juggernaut. Um, have you docked them a grade given the fact that uh, they may not have been as dominant as they were earlier on in the season? I have, yeah. I had them at an A-plus with the first semester, they were 12 and, and all. Second semester, nine and three. As you mentioned, they were affected by the origin. Um, they had losses against the Tigers and the Sharks. The loss against the Tigers, they played poorly. Sharks, they went down by a field goal. Um, and then they had the loss. They, they got quite comprehensively beaten by the Storm, but they weren't at full strength there. Um They've actually, I think they've won their last five games. They haven't been convincing in most of them, but um, 
yeah, I've given them a B. They, they haven't been at their best, um, but that's okay. They, they've uh, they've they've ended up with twenty one wins mm. and three losses. Uh, all those losses in semester two, but they're still a B um, with that record. And 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 it must be said that um, with their best team on the field, they've not lost. So it's Nathan Cleary has not lost yes. a game in twenty twenty one. That's true because it's it, it, it's we've got short memories, rugby league fans, because Nathan Cleary was missing for a large part of that. Brian Toho only came back last week. Yeah. Um. There, there, there were some significant names missing for the Panthers. Um. I think they're Fisher part... Harris missed about oh, four weeks as yep. well. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Be be um. Yeah. When they've got their full team on the park, geez, they're they're phenomenal. Um, so yeah, understandably they've, they've dropped a grade there, but, uh, hopefully for you Panthers fans, uh, throughout the finals, they get back to that A grade status with the, uh, their full strength team on the board, uh, for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, um, from round 13 onwards, uh, look to, to sum it up, the only defeat they had was against the Penrith Panthers, the team we just talked about, uh, that game in Brisbane on the 20th of August where they lost 25-12. Where do you put the the Rabbitohs, Griffo? Uh, If you were to give them a grade, how would you grade them based on uh, that that run there? They obviously had that... uh, that record run of, of wins, they were scoring a lot of points, but um, when they came up against the top quality competition like the Panthers, they they did struggle. Graham, they're an A. Um, as you mentioned, they won 11. They lost only one game. And, I, and I, there's been a lot of, you know, there's been a bit of doom and gloom about the Rabbitohs after over the last few weeks. Um, you know they had that loss to the Panthers, and then they they actually beat the Roosters fifty four to twelve, which not too many people know. Actually, they did win that game. <laughs> <laughs> there were too many talking points. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they've been outstanding. They were murdering sides, albeit I, I will admit they were murdering junk, but mm. um, they were putting them to the sword. And uh, they're absolutely an A. 11 and 1. And this was that run, too, where they had um, the, all the, that that record where they had um, the run of games where they scored 30 points or more. That's all right. Happened through eight this eight games in a row. Yeah. Never been done before. Um, can't have anything but an A for the Rabbitohs. Um, yeah. They've been they've been brilliant in the second half of the year. Our next team, I feel as though might get a pretty good uh, rap too, considering they've been very very strong um, in this part of the season. Uh, they're the Manly Seagulls. Um, this is another team who I think throughout this run they might have only lost two games. Is that right, Griffo? That is correct. They're ten and two. They had a loss. Um, with Tommy Turbo playing against the Knights, that was um, something I certainly didn't expect at the time. Uh, to the Knights' credit, that was back when we were, you know, home and home grounds. It was, I think, played in Newcastle. They got the win there, the Knights. Um, and their other loss was against the Storm a couple of weeks ago. 
when or maybe three four weeks ago but they certainly did not look out of place in that company i've got them at an a they've been absolutely brilliant um along with the rabbit holes just an attacking phenomenon um huge scores they've racked up um yeah, so a surprise loss, I guess, against the Knights and an expected loss against the Storm. But uh, 10 wins, and most of them have been quite comprehensive. I've definitely got the Manly Winger Seagulls at an A for semester two. Yeah, phenomenal, um, especially in their attacking record. Unbelievable. And uh, I don't think many will doubt the uh, validity of their top four credentials. Um the fifth team is the uh, Sydney Roosters. Uh, we've we've discussed the challenges they've had throughout the year. Um, they're another team when you look at their record in the second half of the season, when they've come up against the teams above them on the ladder, that being the Rabbitohs, the Panthers, um, and the Storm, uh, they've struggled. And from memory, I think, they're the teams that have uh, knocked them off in their games since the middle of the season. Yeah, I, I, they have had four losses, eight wins. Um, definitely they lost to the Panthers. They definitely lost uh, to the Rabbitohs in, in, in what was quite a mauling by the Rabbitohs a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think they had a game against the Storm. And I'm not sure who the other loss was against. I think since uh, the I think it might have been Panthers an upset. twice. They've uh, lost to the Panthers, Panthers twice. Early, uh, they lost to the Panthers in possible. round 15. It's possible. Yeah, round 15, yeah, yeah, yeah. 38, 12. It was, it and was then... in the middle of the origin, and, and, and Penrith had yeah. their origin guys back. You're quite right. I was so, at that game. Yeah, so since since the midway part of the season, they've lost to the Panthers twice, the Storm once, and the Rabbitohs once. You can forgive them that, can't you? It's true. When you look at right. the record that way, they've beaten everyone else. Like, yeah. So I've I've given them a B. Um, they've been great. Like they've had no right to win that many games with with the the depth of talent missing from their side. It's a credit to the club, to the coaching staff, and indeed to the players themselves, and the pride in their performance that they have. Um, to, to overcome those obstacles, I've got such respect uh, for, for this club. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't give them an A because they lost four games. But, um, yeah, they beat all the teams below them, essentially. Hmm. It's interesting when you put it that way. And it's something, as the season's gone on, that I really hadn't taken a lot of, of notice with. But, you know, yeah, interesting. But, um yeah, I, they might I, beat Parrot as well. Um, oh, Parrot is below them. Um, so I'm assuming they didn't play the Sea Eagles in the second half of the year. Now, we're looking back through their their season. Um, they took. On, they haven't played the Sea Eagles since uh, yeah. fa- fairly. Oh, when did they was that? When the Sea Eagles were crap. <laughs> um, I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to actually place when they played the Seagulls. It could have been in those initial rounds. I think it was. Um, I think it was early on. Yeah. Yeah. Do um, you know? To be honest with you, I'm just looking at the the Roosters draw, and I'm not going to start a whole new conversation about how stupid the draw is. 
the Roosters played the Seagulls in round one. Right. Now, they beat them 46-4. to four. Um, The Roosters... It's pretty much all hands on deck then for the Roosters, apart yeah. from Boyd Cordner. And that's the last time they played them. Yeah. Round one was the only meeting during the okay. regular season. So, um, yeah, very interesting there to, to see the Roosters. But, um, uh, look, I, I think um, the caveat here is basically that... Uh, with the injuries and the concerns that the Roosters have had, um, you know, a, a B result for them and the uh, the run they've had in this second half of the season, it it look, they're not too bad. They're, they're a top six team. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. They're a top yeah. six team. They're, right. they're quality. They're quality. And speaking of top six teams, the team that finished six was the Parramatta Eels. Um, so looking at their, uh, performance since the middle of the year, there was a period there where they were scoring a lot of points, but yet again, they had losses, I think through this period, Griffo to the Panthers. I think the Raiders also beat them. The Roosters kept them to nil. The Rabbitohs put 40 on them. The Seagulls put 50 something on them. (laughs) There were a lot of games through that period, especially from round say around 19 through to 22 where they lost four in a row um, where people were really concerned about the, the Parramatta Reels and then uh, to, to top that off last week, the Panthers put 40 on them. Yeah, there was, there was uh, They're conceding a lot of points for a team that's making the top eight uh, apart from that storm victory in round 24. Um there's, there's there's not a lot to write home about. They're six and six in the second half of the year, and that equates very much to a C. C is um, average. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, you, you you've summed it up there with with some of the the maulings that they've copped uh, at the hands of the better side. They will go down in 2021 as the only team not defeated by the Melbourne Storm, irrespective of what goes on. Very true. Well, unless unless they get beat by the Storm in the semifinals. But um, two wins over the Storm, that's an achievement. They were at their best early in the season. They were 9-3 and three at round 12. Uh, they're 6-6 six and six from, from rounds 13 to 25. They're a C. Um, uh, and uh, I, can't, I can't say any more than that. They, they've been average in the second half of the year. Yeah, yeah, no, it'd be hard to argue anything above that. And um, that, as you said, that 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 six and six record puts them at 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 average. Um, it'd be interesting to see if I look very closely at the Knights' record. You've probably got it there, Griffo. Um, seven and five. Seven and five. So, yeah. you know that that makes a good point because we've just previewed that game and. Um, Look, for someone like myself who didn't look at the, the records head-to-head going into the finals for the second half of the season, my feeling was the Eels. But if you look at uh, the second half of the year and heading into the finals, the Knights actually have a better record. For the Knights, um, from round 13 onwards, the teams that you'd expect to beat them have done so. Uh, Parramatta, South, uh, the Storm absolutely belted them as did the Roosters. Um, they, they were beating the teams below them up until last week. 
uh, whether the Broncos got the job done with some players out. The turning point, a lot of people will say the big game was in round 24 where they got the one-point victory over the Titans to seal a final spot. Um, if you were to give them a grade, Griffo, based on the second half of the year, how would you how would you rate them? I give them a C. Um, you know, I've got a plus next to it, but the, the plus doesn't appear on the report card. But no. <laughs> um, they've they've had a charmed draw. I talked about that last week. Um, the only one of the top six teams that played twice throughout this year was against the Roosters and they got beat twice. Um, everyone else, like they, and, and this doesn't apply necessarily just to the second half of the year. One loss against the Panthers, two losses against the Roosters. They beat the Sea Eagles, credit to them on that. That was in the second half of the year. Now they got smashed by the Eels, Rabbitoh Storm. So um, they've, they've been lucky with the draw. Uh, that's why I'm only giving them a C. Uh, even though they're seven and five in the second half of the year, after being five and seven in the first half of the year, when I gave them a C minus, well, I'm giving them a C plus. Um, but uh, yeah, they're average. They're mm. average. The yeah. other team we've got that just snuck into the eight are the Gold Coast Titans. We talked about them a little bit. Um, just briefly looking at their run from round thirteen onwards. It's very interesting when you look at the ladder because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven losses to yep. the five Titans. And seven. And that. Five and seven. Yep. The seven losses, um, they're to the, um, the, well, they didn't play the Panthers in that run. But all seven of those losses are to the teams that are above them on the ladder. There was the Storm twice, the Rabbitohs, Manly, Para, uh, Roosters and Knights. I wasn't aware that they had such a tough draw. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I gave them a C. Um, yeah, they made the semifinals. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't aware that, that, you know, when they've come up against the better sides, well, they can't beat them. Um, yeah. They've made the semi-final. It's 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 a good season for, for if you're a Titans supporter. Um, at the start of the season, you would have expected semi-finals. Um, they came ninth last year. They added Big Tino and uh, Fifita, so expectations would have been high. Um, they've got there. So, is the season a success for them? Yes. If they can make it through this week, um, then you'd have to say it's been a very good season for them. Um, I don't know if they're going to make it through this week, to be honest, but um, but they made the semifinals, and the reality is there's eight teams that didn't. So um, true. But for mine, still an average, an average performance. C for the Titans uh, for semester two. Yeah. And when we dip out of the top eight and we go to the Sharks, I think the big difference when we start to head to a team like the Sharks is that when they came up against those other contenders for the um, the top eight, they struggled to get the job done. Um, losses through the second semester to teams like Brisbane, the Raiders, uh, the Warriors, the Knights really showed 
for me that they really struggled when they came up against those teams that they were in a battle for for that last top eight spot. And ultimately, those losses are what's cost them their, their position in the top eight. That's right, Green. You're absolutely right. Um, in those six wins, they did actually beat the Panthers, the understrength Panthers. Mm. Um, they were 6-6 six and six in the second half of the year. Um, I've given them a C. They've had their injury problems. Um, when, when Sean Johnson and Matt Moylan were playing together, they were very, very good. Um, then Moylan got injured, Johnson got injured, um, and they sort of struggled a bit. But they did, they did win a few games towards the end, and they looked as though they were going to be the team to take that eighth spot, but then uh, couldn't get the job done uh, last weekend um, and, and consequently missed out on the eight. Uh, I think this is a team that there's better days ahead for them. But, uh, yeah, second – I gave them a D in the first semester um, when they were four and eight. But I'm giving them a C, six and six in semester two. Yeah, and, and, and down in 10th position we had the, uh, the Canberra Raiders. They were a team where there was a part of the season there where we thought they might uh, – they might come back and uh, and snag a uh, top eight spot. Ultimately, they're one of those other teams. They're, it's they're, they're funny the Raiders. They'll the games against say the Dragons, Titans, and Newcastle. Yet again, those teams around the eight that were fighting for eight spot losing those games really cost them. And in amongst that, throughout the semester, they actually had a win over Para and a win over Manly. Um, it was just really hard to see which team showed up each week. Yeah, they, they're actually six and six in the second hmm. half of the year as well, like the Sharks. For that reason, I did give them a C because they did play some good football. But again, this is a team that probably even more so than the Sharks, this was a team that was expected to be in the top eight and pushing for the top four at the start of the year. They had a horror um a horror patch early in the year to mid mid year where they were only four and eight at round 12 um and it was always going to be you know tough to make the eight from there but again um they were in a position to do so they played a second string rooster side or almost second string last weekend and they got absolutely um clobbered by the roosters that was a, a poor performance um, had they have won that game, they were in the semi-finals. Mm. They, they were dreadful. They weren't. They were so close. But they they should have been there. Like mm. uh, Ricky, I think said it himself. He said, "Look, you know, um, even if we had a one last night, the way we're playing, you know, and, and he didn't mean disrespect to the Roosters, but he's saying, you know, to, to to get smashed by that side, you know, we, if we made the finals, we would have been out week one." Yeah. Um, which is, you know, you don't often hear coaches saying that sort of thing, but it's true. Um, yeah, so second half of the year, as you said, they had some good wins um, mixed in with some poor losses. A C for semester two after their D in semester one. But, yeah, I, I, I think the premiership window 
on the Raiders, uh, no, sadly for them, is is closed, and mm. uh, they're a few years off getting back. Jeez, they, were, they were close for the Raiders fans when you look back a couple of years no, ago. They were, you know, a six mm. again call away, perhaps from a yeah, yeah, championship. But yeah, uh, many will argue that. But look, another yeah. team that's probably um, they're they're a fair way away from um. Another possible premiership, a team that was once uh, very strong and very proud, are the uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons. Now, uh, to give everyone insight, to start semester two, if we look at round 13, 14, 15, and 16, uh, the only loss they had in their first four rounds uh, for the for the semester was an upset victory to the Bulldogs, which uh, famously I <laughs> talked about on the podcast. That absolutely, I remember that day. I was listening uh, while I was out on a walk, uh, listening to the first half, and um, I was thinking of you. Nail that absolutely. Anyway, I won't. I won't go back to last week where I had my swearing. I, I I put a fortune in the swear jar last week. I'll try not this week, but a bug of my tips. That was their only loss in the first four weeks, so they started three from four from memory in this semester. Uh, the downfall was round 17. Uh, the, the St. George Illawarra Dragons in round 17 had a bye. Uh, Paul Vaughan held a barbecue, and uh, it's been a disaster ever since. Um, I'd imagine Griffo, based on um, the majority of this back half of the season... Uh, your grading has been heavily weighted for the Dragons uh, post Barbecue Gate. Yeah, they're a D. They they did, as you said, they 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 did win three games uh, around that state of Origin period, and they didn't lose too many players to Origin. Um, but then, after a a miraculous win against the Warriors, where they had no right to win that game, but with a bit of help from some Warriors' mistakes, uh, they got a field goal winner. If it was Corey Norman, it probably was. Kicked a field goal. And then, um, of course, then the the, uh, the barbecue. They haven't won since that barbecue. No. Um, and, you know, I've heard a lot of guys coming out saying it's all, all to do with the barbecue. I don't think it was. Um, I, I definitely think that had an impact, no doubt. We called it but, before then, looking at the yeah, draw. They, they yeah. were coming in. They were playing all the best yeah. teams. I don't. Yeah, you so can't blame it had the a bit of it. They'd have a bit of a charm draw up to that point. Yep, I agree. But early in the year, they're actually in the top four, maybe after five rounds, and I. I keep going back to because I was up at Cairns in the days where you could actually go for holiday, um, and I was uh, I was listening to the podcast, and um, you asked me, you know, because they were four and one, they said, you know, are they the real deal? And I said, well, look, ask me at round ten, yeah, and um, and, and it's proven they weren't the real deal. It was it, it, they've not been good. Um, there's a lot of factors at play. Yes. The barbecue had a big influence, uh, and the suspensions. You know, apart from Vaughan, who who got sacked, um, and he was a big loss because he he's a good player. But the other guys only missed one game each, uh, and that was staggered. You can't just look at the barbecue as as 
you know, the reason they haven't gone on. When they come up against the good sides, they weren't good enough. It's as simple as that. They did in first, early in the season, they beat Para when Para were good at, at Bank West. That was St. George Illawarra's highlight of the year. Um, I was really disappointed. To, well, not because I don't, I don't like the Dragons or dislike them, but I've been disappointed in their performances of late. Um, they do have some, some really good young guys. Um, I thought they should have beaten Souths with, with the team that Souths put on the park, which wasn't quite a reserve grade side, but it was pretty close to it. Um, and they weren't good enough. They, they made three absolutely horrific handling errors, which gifted the Rabbitohs three tries. Uh, they came back in the second half, but you know they couldn't get back the 20 nil they were down. So they've been a disappointment to their fans. But to be honest, Graham, you asked me at the start of the year, Who's the wooden spoon? I was giving it to the Dragons. Uh, I didn't have. Had them there in the yeah, year. they've well, overachieved. Well, you could say that. Um, <laughs> you could say that. Uh, they'll feel that they've underachieved. Given given where they mm. were after five rounds, yeah. I mean, how many teams are in the top four and then drop to whatever they are, twelfth or yeah, you know. Um, the ladder means nothing until about round ten, anyway. Yeah. And I think a bigger, as I said, I don't, a bigger factor than Barbecue Gate was the fact that okay, up against the good sides, you know, they just weren't up to it. Yep. And they lost games, like you said, they lost against the Bulldogs. They lost games they should have won as well. That's true. And 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 in that scrap for the top eight, they were well and truly there. It was theirs for the taking earlier on the season. They showed they're not good enough. Yeah. They they lost games they should have. Um, similar similar story in a sense to the Warriors. Just, before we go to the Warriors, I will give them one credit, Graham. Mm. Um, and that is they lost games at the back end, right at the back end, when Ben Hunt was out. He oh, was by he, far he, their yes, best player. Yes, he, he was in and, good form um, before. Yeah, before he, he probably yeah. missed about the last four or yeah. five games. And, and credit um, where credit's due, because we over the years we've given him a bit, and uh, he oh, was absolutely. actually in really good form. He was. He, he yep. was outstanding for him yep. this year, and that was a that was a key factor, I guess, in why they lost some of those games. At, at, right, if he had been there against the Rabbitohs, I dare say they would have won that game and probably one or two others. Yeah, I think that's a fair call too. Uh, moving on to our next team on the the ladder, uh, the twelfth place Warriors. Um, the, looking at their, their run, um, look, they had a bit of a, a run. I mean, a lot of people will famously remember that day when they got 60 put on them by South Sydney, but off the back of that in round 20, 21 and 22, they had wins against the Tigers, Sharks and Bulldogs. Admittingly, Griffo, they were teams they were expected to beat. There are other teams there in the scrap four with the top eight, such as, um, you know, the Titans, the Raiders, the Sharks. Um, they weren't able to get the job done against those teams. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Warriors, if you were to give them a grade for this season? Or the semester two, uh, I should say. I thought they were D for disappointed in semester yeah. two. Um, 
but most of their games they were, were were in the game and and they essentially found ways to lose like the dragons game that was they lost the unlosable that day um uh, but that's you know largely their own fault from some of the mistakes they made um I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, they've been away from home for two years. The reality is, if you look through that Warriors team now, most of those guys in the team are actually from Australia. <laughs> um, I, I, I looked at it maybe either the week, maybe the week before last. And with all the blokes they've brought in, both at the start of this season and also during the year, most of the guys weren't even Kiwis. Um, so that, you know, being away from home Might applied only to, no, well, mm. only applied to a, a few of their players. Um, they'll be away from home next year if they play in New Zealand, most of them, because a lot of them are Aussies. Um, but three and nine, that's the bottom line. Three wins, nine losses. That's unacceptable. And, um, yeah, a definite D. I gave them a C in the first semester when five and seven. But they've, uh, yeah, they have disappointed in the second half of the year. Yeah. We can talk about Tuivasa Shek going home and they talk about injuries. But the bottom line is they didn't name up. Hmm. And look, we, we, we then move on to the West Tigers. Now, this is a team we've, we've talked about. If you're a new listener and you've heard us refer to them as Mural, Obviously, there's the famous line, Griffo, from the uh, movie Muriel's Wedding, which is... You're terrible, Muriel. So, the fact that um, <laughs> we've labelled them as, as terrible uh, might give a bit of a spoiler as to where we're going with this. I thought it was interesting when I looked at their semester two results. Um, they finished 13th. The teams that finished below them were the Broncos, Bulldogs and Cowboys. They are three of the four teams that they defeated in this period. The only other team they defeated throughout this period was Penrith in origin. So effectively, they beat a heavily depleted Penrith and the only three teams that are below them on the ladder. Oh, they're D for disgraceful. Um, they actually won a third of their games. Um and you mentioned who they've beaten. Um, I did see, you know, the well-documented tales from Tiger Town. Uh, there was a headline that I saw fails from Tiger Town this week. <laughs> um, I've been highly critical of this club. Um, and... I can't argue with my own criticism. You know, they've, they've sprung up with some wins, more wins than other teams, obviously, because there's teams below them on the ladder. But most of their losses have been diabolical. Last Sunday, in the last game of, of the uh, competition proper, they were abysmal. They were embarrassing. Um, they were disgraceful. 38 points scored against them. 
by the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Now, we did talk, uh, maybe even last week, about how awful the Bulldogs have been. They came out against the West Tigers and beat them 38-0. The Tigers could not score a point against the Bulldogs with one of the worst defensive records of any team in NRL history. Uh, the, the fans of this club must be completely frustrated. Um, it's this, like the coach's position is under question. I, I heard their chairman interviewed yesterday and he was asked directly, you know, does, does coach Maguire survive? And so, well, look, I can't, can't reveal that at the moment. You know, there's a process going on. Um, I think it's a combination of coach and players. You can throw in officials with the mistakes they've made, but I mean, they're just a, they're a bad club. A bad club. Um, in saying that, they've won eight games. I mean, that don't sound too bad because. Uh, Again, teams have been behind them, but it's the way they've lost some of those games. That game against South Sydney, at uh, I think it was still at Leichhardt, it was a training run for the Rabbitohs. They ended up with a big score, the Rabbitohs, but could have been worse. They just didn't go on with it in the second half. Uh, there was the game where I think Melbourne put 60 on them. But again, those two landslides against against Melbourne, against the Rabbitohs, that was nothing compared to being beat 38-0 by the Bulldogs. I've got them at a D because realistically, yeah, they won four games. I can't give them an E. Um, but what do you think, Graham? What, what do you think? Do you, what do you think they need to do from here? I don't know. There's a lot of... I don't know. I don't know where you go if you're the Tigers because there's a lot of things that aren't right with this side. Um, even you know you get you get times where you get players that will talk about being good players and they just don't perform. There's just something amiss. It's you know we talk about players and squads being happy. I just think it's a really imbalanced organization in regards to I don't know if it's you know I'm not saying Michael Maguire is a bad coach I just don't know if he's the best coach for the Tigers given the players the personnel they've got it's the organization itself I think they thought by signing Maguire and having an experienced and established captain like Tamo that the younger kids would slide into line one of their best some of their best players this year have been you know, discards from other clubs like Adam Dewey and there's I, just I, with Dewey. I think you know with that situation, they had Latrell Mitchell come in, and, um. So and and I think at the time Dewey he might have been playing a bit of fullback, but then they're bringing in Mitchell. They're not going to get you know Dewey. He's not going to take Cody Walker's spot. So he obviously thought well. I'm going to struggle to play first grade here. Um, I've got an opportunity at another club to come and play six. 
yeah. and they're going to pay me more money. So, logical. Yeah, he he's he was by far their best player. Um, and then of course Dane Laurie, who who came over from the Panthers, again an opportunity for him to play regular um, first grade because uh, he he probably wasn't going to see much time in first grade at Penrith with, with Dylan Edwards uh, there as the established fullback. So, but those two guys, uh, I, I, I think they've been fabulous, uh, but there's not too many others. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if, if I had the answers for the Tigers, um, you know, you could bottle it and sell it for a million dollars to, to everyone who's, yeah. who's in that West Tigers, Western Sydney region. It's a real conundrum for them. They're, they're struggling. And, and look, another team that's used to success that's struggled this year are the Brisbane Broncos. Um, are they four wins as well, Griffo, from yeah, memory? Yeah, four and eight, second half of the year, yeah. Yeah, and, and they're another team who, you know, they beat the Cowboys, Warriors, Sharks, Knights. None of those wins are against teams that are expected to, to feature deep into the final season. Um, what were your thoughts on them heading into the back half of the year? Oh, look, uh, in the last, say, six weeks or so, they've certainly been better. Um, they had some, some – they're up and down. They had, like, whenever they played the Panthers, it seemed to bring out the best in them. They've tested the Panthers but couldn't get over the top of them. But uh, four and eight, I've given them a D plus. Good signs in the last, as I said, probably the last month to six weeks uh, heading forward. But overall – yeah, four and eight is is not better than a D, but uh, yeah, I I think I I think they'll be a legitimate top eight contender next year with the guys coming in, and um, they've got some talent there, some young talent in the both backs and forwards, but in terms of semester two, D plus Broncos. Uh, our next team we're going to look at Griffo, the uh, the North Queensland Cowboys. Jeez. Seems like a long time ago that the Broncos played the Cowboys in the grand final, but oh yeah, far out it wasn't really. Um, I'm scratching my head. Uh, Cowboys wins in the second half of the season, one, and that was uh, the Dragons two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, whoever they beat two weeks ago, it was the Dragons. Eleven losses. Wow, they've been awful. Yeah, what else do you e. say? Yeah. You can't say anything else. They've been awful. Uh, they got They're a few. Really disappointing, aren't they? I, I didn't see this for them this year. I like I, I didn't see them being a top side, but it, they're really. It's really disappointing to see them so poor. Especially like if we take that second semester, one game, one game, one win. Um... That's it's abysmal. That's the worst record of any team in 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 the second half of the year. Mm. Even the Bulldogs did better. Even the Bulldogs. Uh, they lost their first four games like Manly. They were awful. Then they won six of their next eight. They're in the top eight. They were going well. Then they made that swap where they let Clifford go, and um, brought in Deard. And, and ever since that time. Uh, it's not been successful, but they're just being one and eleven is just abysmal. Um, e without a doubt. Now, from memory, the Bulldogs—they've uh, they, they did better than that, but not by much. Um, two and ten. 
2 and 10. Uh, their victory is coming against the Dragons as well. So some of these bottom place teams have been picking off the Dragons uh, in this second yep. half of the season after their um, concerns. And obviously, we talked about earlier um, what we'll now call the famous win against uh, the West Tigers last weekend on Sunday, 38 0. Yeah, it was. And, and to their credit, you know, um, I didn't see them winning that game. I just thought even though, you know, the West Tigers weren't going so well, I just thought they had better players. Well, I was wrong. Um, that's still an E. I was still they're being yeah. awful, 2-10. and ten. Um, But you look at both teams going into, um, into the offseason and that 38-0 win for the guys that are still there, is going to give them just a bit of a lift as opposed to the West Tigers guys who are still there. 38-0. Um, that's going to be a big effort to, to lift that team, whoever the coach is, whether it's Maguire or someone else coming in. Um, but yeah, the Bulldogs have been awful. Um, they try, but they're just not being good enough. E. Yeah, uh, look, it's it's hard to argue with that. You've you've done a pretty good summation. Um, even Bulldogs fans, I think, would be thinking you're generous to give them anything more. Um, look, that's semester two. Um, semester two uh, done. Um, look, yeah, I, I don't know what else you say about the Bulldogs. Um, they're I think a lot of people are hoping that they pick up next year. Um, they can only go up, Griffo. They really can. Um, look, yeah, but it, it's going to take a fair bit of work. But a lot of those teams at the bottom is going to take a lot of work. Uh, Dogs, Cowboys, Broncos, Tigers, Warriors, Dragons. Not a lot. Uh, not a lot of positives out of them this year. No, but uh, the positives are we've got four big games of finals this week, Graham. We do have four big games of finals, and that's what we're looking forward to this week. We really appreciate you guys being on board and joining us for this week's episode. If you're still listening now, you're an absolute superstar because uh, this has been a marathon. We could have said it's new... Marathon. It's been longer than a marathon. Yeah, it's an ultra marathon. We're about 10 minutes Pushing shy of four hours, so we might say goodbye and good luck this week to your teams. Bye-bye, listeners. Thanks for tuning in.